mayor hides a crime rate. Councilwoman hesitates. Public gets irate, but forgets the vote date. Weatherman complaining, predicted sun, it's raining. Everyone's protesting. Boyfriend keeps suggesting you're not like all of the rest. After combat. This is the Advanced After Combat podcast. It's a podcast about wargaming, our uh, our experiences playing war games, and something else that I can't remember. Uh, I'm Dave. Uh, this podcast is also brought to you by Jason. Hello. And our mystery guest, who in this episode is Campbell. Woohoo! Hello. All right. So, and and those who have listened know that uh, generally what happens is Jason and I host the podcast. And then each uh, month we have an episode and we, we uh, let a uh, member of the guild, the AAC guild on BGG, come onto the podcast and basically be the third host. So this time the host will be Campbell. I almost was last time too from the sound. <laughs> yeah, Jason almost added you. Yeah, I was, I was drunk. There's a lot of Jasons and there were a lot of drinks. That People didn't happen this time. Like two Jasons in a row. Yeah. So we recently, we just had the big Sun Bowl, uh, a football uh, bowl game. An American football game. American football game. And uh, my alma mater and Jason's alma mater played just prior to this podcast. And so, Jason's won. Yeah, uh, Arizona State versus the Duke Blue Devils. It was actually a battle of the Devils. Yep. It's interesting. Blue Devils against Sun Devils. And Anthony Boone, the quarterback for Duke, is officially the dream crusher. Yeah. He has basically destroyed our chances in the past three bowl games. That was brutal. No, actually, three bowl games. The third bowl game wasn't his fault. In the third bowl game, three years ago, I watched that one. We were up. Uh, actually, the score was tied. It was like maybe 30 seconds left or something like that. And, and we were on the opponent's like three-yard line. And I'm like, oh, we're going to kick a field goal and win this game. Uh, we ended up losing by two touchdowns. Oh, jeez. think <laughs> <So>, like, <laughs> we fumbled. And they scored, and then we gave up another touchdown, so I'm used to... And then Johnny football last year, mm-hmm. and this this year was uh, Arizona State. I do have to say the Blue Devil is much a much cooler mascot than the Sun Devil. Yeah, what is the Sun Devil? I don't know. It's a devil. Is it a guy like ours? Is a guy with a big, giant head? Yeah, he, he wears a mask. He doesn't have muscles. He just does the push-ups when they score points. The the blue devil. I mean, he's he's a handsome guy. Uh, I like it. Hotter, yeah, and and it's warm, so they get to wear less. But they, they were wearing like sweats. Well, they're it's cold. Mm. It's, it's cold where they are, but it's warm here. Yeah. Where they was the game at? El Paso. Um, it looked like they had some moves, though. The the Duke cheerleaders. Let's be honest. I mean, they got into Duke. They're not going to be. <laughs> They have good personalities. Yeah, they have great money making. Mm-hmm. As they're good, good second wives. So, but I was <laughs> at least made the game competitive. Uh, I really felt like the pressure was all on Arizona State to win the game mm-hmm. because they're they were a much higher ranked team yeah. throughout the year. Or up, uh, yeah. yeah. I didn't even know uh, Duke had a football team. I thought they were strictly a basketball school. Well, no, the past three years, they've actually gone to bowl games. Yeah, they've, so they've, they've performed. performed. I want to say they were like 10-3 and three this year. So Yeah. They do. Wow. 
It's not as good as the basketball program, but, you know. But basketball's boring. And plus, it's fewer players, so it's easy to find a couple players who can get into the school as opposed to having to field an entire football team. Yeah, 53 guys. For sure. So I I don't watch too much football uh, lately. Have they actually changed the format now? Is it a, is there a tournament now? Are we still doing bowl games, or how does that work? There's a, f- a four-team playoff. Right. Oh. Yeah. So the top it's, four teams go in the playoff. It's kind of lame. They need to just do the whole, at least 16 teams. I only mention this because uh, there has been uh, more drinking than usual, probably prior to the podcast, because the bowl game was on, and whatever. <laughs> I, got a, I got a good start, and I didn't even watch a bowl game. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, maybe that's not even necessary. Because probably, <laughs> like, probably that case, like we don't drink anyway. Yeah. So it's whatever. It is a. It is Saturday, right? Sat. Yeah, it's Saturday today. So we've we've had the day free, unlike some of the episodes in the past where it's Friday night. And... Yeah, in the podcast. Oh, it's explicit. So. No, there's that now. Yeah. So Campbell, you want to talk about that real quick about how the podcast is explicit? Uh, yeah, it's explicit. Uh, I have I uh, have little ears around my house, so I have the door locked. <laughs> they're, Me they're too. Watching movies in the other room. I, I told my wife specifically to, hey, why don't you kick the volume up on the movie a little bit just in case? <laughs> yeah. By, by the way, Campbell's got a great voice for podcasting. Yeah. Really good, strong voice. I think it's all the microphone, actually. <laughs> exactly, you get your special microphone. I got a filter. I got a filter. Oh, nice. Well done. No, I'm just shit. I think you've put more money into the podcast than I have. <laughs> filter, filter. I can't I even spell a, filter. All right, so we've got a, we've got a, a quiz here. Oh, first one thing I wanted to say, too. Oh, I, and I have one before you start the quiz, too. Campbell is the mystery host for this podcast. But we also have another gentleman who's going to be the honorary oh, yeah. guest host for this podcast, and that's one of our guild members, Andy Cowan, who uh, passed away in August of this year. Uh, Andy had been a longtime listener. Uh, he'd been a guild member, and he'd gone off to Saudi Arabia to be a teacher. He was American, but he was traveling to teach for it in Saudi Arabia. He was uh, very excited about the experience of going to Saudi Arabia, and we kind of got to know each other more, too, because... I had a, a bunch of miniatures I was trying to sell, and uh, Andy had been interested in buying them. So, like, he had used his bonus from his Saudi Arabia pay to order a bunch of stuff from me. So I was really excited about uh, I had this giant collection that I always had, and since I'd gotten out of miniature gaming, I knew I was going to get rid of it. But I thought, well, geez, at least I'm giving it to him, and I know over in Saudi Arabia, Andy's going to have a great time with all this stuff. But uh, I hadn't heard back from him in a while. And so when I actually did a little bit of uh, Googling, I found out that Andy had actually passed away in August. So uh, we just wanted to, to basically say that Andy is going to be our, our other mystery uh, host for this podcast. And uh, that's it. Just wanted to kind of let it know, Andy, you're up there. Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to be thinking about you. I know you're going to be watching this game. So uh, I might invoke you occasionally on a high <laughs> roll. Uh, you know, for me, buddy. I need your help. I don't know if you guys want Very to nice. talk at all. But. Yeah, I, I was actually on a, on the flip side of, of the transaction coin with him. He, We met through, I guess, the videos and the podcast. He, he kind of reached out when he was moving over there. And he had to get rid of a bunch of his games because they wouldn't let him take 
games of luck with him. So I bought a couple games of, from him before he went over there. Um, we'd had some some interaction before that, but yeah, great guy. I mean, just active on the on the boards, active on BGG in general. Um, that was heartbreaking when he sent that email. I mean, it, it he was a good guy. You know, he's going to be missed. Um, yeah, I, I put this on the guild, but he was a paratrooper. He was a teacher. He was a war gamer. Great guy. And uh, yeah, we'll miss him, but we're always going to kind of keep him around. So we'll toast you at uh, Consum World, Andy. For sure. And uh, we'll, like I said, I'll make sure I invoke you whenever I need that special guy there. So, uh, <laughs> so that's it. So sorry, Campbell. You're going to have to share your guest hosting. This oh, that's all right. That's all right. I, I didn't really have much interaction with him, um, but I did read, um, you know, the... Uh, the information and everything and, and uh i mean it sounded like a hell of a guy yeah for sure and it sounded like he lived life to the fullest for sure so i'll raise a glass for him right now there you go right. i like it okay so yes i just wanted to make sure i mentioned that so uh the the next part uh which we need to get into is a very important part of the podcast which is known as the quiz this uh, is a quiz that was prepared by Braxton, our special intern. Thank you, Braxton. So, so the format might be a little different. It's probably more professional, so let's just hope that this works well. In fact, Braxton actually did only 16 questions. So oh, no bonus. Away, <laughs> so he can't count, basically. Right, he did 12 and then four bonus, so right away he's getting a demerit for that. <laughs> that's, what, that's what you get when you hire unpaid interns. Yeah, so Campbell, basically the deal is that the uh, the quiz is optional. You don't have to take it. So I'm just letting you know. If you want to not – some people have said it's a way for us to mock uh, the mystery host by making fun of his lack lack of military history knowledge. But um, I, I would take the opposite tact. I think it's a way to showcase the, the things that you do know. I, I could honestly say I, there's – about 10 total questions in the course of us doing this that I would have been able to answer. So, yeah, normally when I'm listening in, I'm like, uh, nope, nope. But, yeah. You know, it just depends on the topics. I do have a few topics that I, that I'm all right with. So, so you're basically saying if you could prepare the quiz, you would do well on it. <laughs> if I could prepare the quiz and then take it, I would do awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I still would do poorly. <laughs> So, so I guess the gist is that uh, it's optional. So you don't have oh, to take it. I'll take it. I don't want to be that guy. Everyone, That's what everyone says. I don't want to be that guy. So, no, I don't want to be that guy. Okay, so for the record, this is the quiz prepared by Braxton. Okay. <clears throat> Question number one. In the Second World War, the first significant U.S. military invasion against the Empire of Japan began with the Guadalcanal Campaign in August 1942. Name four future island invasions after Guadalcanal from May 1943 to June 1945. All right. Um, okay, well, uh, D-Day at Tarawa, of course. <laughs> okay, correct. Um, let's see. So your wargaming knowledge is already helping mm -hmm. you. I know, I know. I'm, I'm one up. Uh, let's see. I've got a thing here. Uh, uh, Saipan? Yes. Um, actually, I had a, a friend of the family was, uh, was on a destroyer outside of Saipan. So, thought of that. Uh, no help from outsiders. You're not allowed to no, get help. There's no lifeline. 
Okinawa? Yes. Might use the Ralph tech. Yeah, no question. <laughs> no? Can't, can't do that? There's a couple hints I have, but I'm not going to give those either. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Guam. Guam. Correct. Wow. Nicely done. Four out of four. All right, lost the start. Strong start. Question number two. In the American Civil War, after Thomas Jackson earned his name Stonewall at the Battle of First Manassas, uh, and just as a side note, fighting for the Confederacy, <laughs> he took part in 16 major battles before his death at Chancellorsville in May, 19, May 1863. God, these are really wordy questions. Okay, May 1863. Name four battles that Jackson took part in before his death, not including Chancellorsville. Four battles that Jackson took part in before his death. Mm. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Civil. American Civil. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's weird being international. We have to we have to worry about stuff like that. Yeah. See. Uh, how about? So, oh, uh, Kernstown. Kernstown. Uh, Holy that was shit! A, wow. That was <laughs> that's the only one that Stonewall Jackson ever lost. That's correct. That is correct. <laughs> Holy shit! Like, some major battles here. Yeah, that, that was awesome. One, I mean, it was a tactical defeat, but and strategic victory for Union troops. He's like talking about obscure. I like it. Battle of Circle K. At <laughs> 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 Jesus. Uh, Cedar Mountain. Yes. Okay. All right, already I'm thinking this quiz is going to be too easy. <laughs> I'm, try I'm trying to rely on the my. Uh, I, uh, like you said, my board gaming knowledge here. Better not be, better not hear any fucking typing. Um, uh, Antietam? Yes. He would have called it Sharpstroke, but that's fine. Yeah, Antietam. And... God, isn't, isn't there a pretty big one? Yeah, there's a bunch of big ones. Oh, maybe that was a hint. I apologize. <laughs> well, keep, if it was, keep the I hints coming. Yeah, if it was, I helped you out with it. Uh, Harper's Ferry. Yes. How about First Bull Run? I mean, that, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I meant to say, great job. You got four. Yeah, out of four out of four. <laughs> Seriously. Eight out of eight. That was good. Right. Question number you know, three. I, I, uh, as far as Stonewall goes, um, I know more about him than I know about the battles, it seemed like. But uh, I know his great grandparents were both, uh, they were living in London. 
and uh, they got um, they got shipped to the United States. That's how they met. They got they got convicted of uh, stealing. Oh really? Yeah. And they they got sentenced to come to the United States, uh, you know, or I, I guess America. Uh, and they met on the boat, fell in love. Nice. Well, check out the big brain on <laughs> some some boat love. I, I know all these stupid tidbits. Well, that that knowledge might help you in this next series of questions. Okay. All right. Question number three. The Second Punic War started in 218 BC when Hannibal invaded Catalonia. He then led the Carthaginian army into the Italian peninsula in 217 BC and remained there for 13 years. Name four battles that took place between the Carthaginian army and the Roman legions on the Italian peninsula from 217 BC to 204 BC. So, uh, Punic Wars, Carthaginian army, Roman legions. On the Italian Peninsula, four battles from 217 to 204 BC. Good luck. I think taking a drink was the appropriate response. Yeah, <laughs> that's wow. Okay. Let's see. He's either taking a drink or rolling dice. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cana? Okay, I'll accept it. Not sure about the pronunciation, but I'm not even sure if I know how to pronounce it, so. Uh, yeah, I would maybe get two of these. Zero for me. No one's got any hints for me, nothing? Sorry, yes. Yeah. I got nothing. You gonna move on? Um. Yeah. I'll... Yeah, Lake Trasimene is the only one that I might have guessed, but geez, I don't know if I would even guess that one. Okay. Oh, I see. So there is there is also bonus points on the bonus question. So maybe it'll. I'm not gonna try to do the math right now. But, yeah. Uh, question number four is World War One. Name the four prominent German generals who were instrumental in guiding Germany's war effort beginning in 1914. For two bonus points, which one of the four was not Prussian-born? Wow. So four prominent German generals instrument, instrumental in guiding Germany's war efforts beginning in 1914. All right. Well, I actually... I actually know these, I think, because I I just been doing this audiobook, uh, A World Undone. I don't know if you ever <laughs> ever heard that one, but um, or read it. It's actually really good, um, but it, it talks about like everything from the, you know, basically the whole war. So I didn't get all the way through it yet, but I think I know enough to get something. Um, how about uh? Moki. Okay. Check. Um, I don't know if he wants you to name the full name, but I'll accept. Yeah, Moki is fine. I'm making a command decision. <laughs> uh, you're recording. 
You're recording right now, right? I am. I, okay. I double checked. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing you got to check now. When yeah. Jason says he's doing more than one thing at the same time, yeah. making yeah. command decisions and then. Yeah, I know. That's trouble. I might just pay the fifteen dollars to make make it keep recording. Yeah, let's just do that. Like do a Kickstarter for fifteen bucks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. So, what was your second answer? Uh, uh, Eric Ludendorff. Correct. Uh, and Hindenburg. Correct. And then um, uh, Molke's uh, successor, uh, uh, von Falkenheim. Wow, he got Jesus Christ. Which one of them wasn't born in Prussia? Two extra uh, points right here, hanging the balance. I know Ludendorff was. Um, you know hmm. where Ludendorff's parents met? <laughs> <laughs> I do not. It was a nice villa on the Swiss Alps. No, I do not. Um, it's a guess. I'm going to guess Mulkey. Correct. Wow. That's what I would have nice. said, too. Nicely done. I, th I want to say he was maybe Hanoverian. I don't know. I don't know where I get that from. So we're looking at uh, 8, 9, 13, 15 out of... Let's see. Is it even possible? 22 out of 20. <laughs> 15. So let's see where we're at. 15 out of 18? Yeah. Good job. That was nicely done. Yeah, really good. Thank you. And even more importantly, a quiz that I did not have to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if so I, Cam, Campbell... If I, can uh, do that good, if I can do that good, then Braxton's probably slipped. <laughs> yeah, maybe you need to tighten up the game a little bit. But it seems like he kind of... Uh, like, things that you were reading or playing... Some of those areas fell into those categories. Yeah. Yeah. Q-Date, Tarawa, and that helped. It's good There's stuff. World War II stuff I, I do all right at. That's, I guess that's one of my strong points. And then the World War I stuff lately, just I've been that audio. So, Campbell, you're kind of new to wargaming, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, <laughs> we, you guys have talked about it before. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of know Jason just from online and stuff uh, and I hadn't talked to him in and I don't know long, quite a while and I just hit him up one day I'm like hey what have you been up to and he told me about the podcast I'm like oh, that's kind of cool so I started listening to it I've always kind of liked war games you know like your usual Axis and Allies and you know the stuff that everybody says they started on that kind of thing but so I never say, you say you know Jason online what does that mean Board, from uh, Board Game Geek. Oh, yeah, from Game Geek. We, uh, we played that uh, Duel of Ages game online. Oh. Play, play by forum? That was several, fun. Several years ago at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I kind of hit him up and I was like, uh, what have you been up to? And he told me that he's been doing the podcast and stuff. 
Yeah, he's like, I'm in a serious relationship right now. <laughs> yeah. like, we we can't play anything. I met this dreamy new guy. So, uh, so what's your what's your war game like right now? That's like your favorite war game that you're into. Um, right now, I mean, I've been pretty heavy into Combat Commander here lately, just because because that tournament and stuff, but. Um, uh, I actually, you, you wouldn't call them board games, I guess, maybe, Dave, but I, I have been dabbling in that, uh, like, Navajo Wars lately, hmm. messing around with that, um, and, uh, I, I've been playing some of that, uh, DVG game, that Warfighter game. That looks oh, yeah. really cool. So, it's, it's alright. I kinda, kinda like it. It's different. Is that what you're going to review today? Yeah, I was going to. I was going to talk about Warfighter, maybe Sweet. a little about Navajo Wars. But... I don't think we're like real strict on what you can review or what you can talk about. I just think generally it's like, I mean, we might say something's not as much war-related as other games, but you know, I think we're pretty liberal. Yeah. Do do you? I, f- I find when I got to look at charts all the time, I get kind of squeamish. <laughs> <laughs> So. You were when you came into my house and we had lava tile. Yeah. Jesus. You know, Scala and charts for the actual rules. Games can be kind of fun. Like, I mean, and, and I mean, you're a good opponent, Dave, because it's like, you know, you'll you'll sit there and go, well, you know, you play this side just because you'll have more fun playing that side. I always thought that was cool. Like you did that with when we played Castrine uh, Pass. You know, here be the Germans because, you know. You got all the cool units, and you can roll. You know, so I mean, that makes it it makes a, a huge difference when you can play and feel like you're actually doing something. You know? Yeah, because Campbell's actually been over at my house twice now. So that's a good honor. He's seen the General Westmoreland popsicle stick. Yeah, <laughs> in the flesh. Yeah, that was pretty hilarious. The first time I show up, bring that's the so funny. General Westmoreland answered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife thought that was weird, but she just doesn't understand. So. <laughs> I think she thought the whole thing was weird until we actually told her. You know, sat, we were sat in the kitchen and talked for a little bit. Like, well, we're just normal people. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's that's always the thing. With like, uh, I'm like, yeah, this guy's driving over. He's gonna do some gaming. And she's like, so, like, so you don't know the guy? And I'm like, yeah, he thinks I'm a serial killer, but really, you don't know. <laughs> so. They don't get it. But it was, yeah, I was like, my coworker was like, you don't know this guy? You're just going to go over to his house? What if he's a serial killer? I'm like, I don't know. You know? <laughs> yes. I, I made him, like, three drinks. He didn't drink any of them. I kept trying to, like, get him to. <laughs> None of it worked. None of my strategies. They were kind of cloudy, so I stayed there. Uh, Anybody get anything good for Christmas? What would what, you do for Christmas, Campbell? Um, I just kind of hung out here, um, my wife and, uh, two daughters, and actually my, uh, my third daughter, my oldest daughter, uh, she just recently got married and had a baby, so she, her and her husband and little one, so I'm actually a grandpa. Wow. Yeah. So they were here too, which was cool, and, uh, we just kind of hung out. It's pretty low-key. That's fun. You games at all, or? You know, I mean, as you know, with an eight and a six-year-old, um, no. <laughs> it was more like, 
all about them, pretty much, yeah. That's fair. That's fun. What about you, Dave? We'll get to them, but, you know, just not yet. Did Dave cut out? I don't know. I think Dave's gone. Uh-oh. Crisis mode. Uh-oh. You there? I think you guys lost me. Yeah. yeah. You're back. You Can you hear me now? Yep. Yes. Okay. I was asking if you got anything for Christmas. Did you get anything good gaming-wise for Christmas? I got some Euro games, but I did not get any war games. But, you know, that might have something to do with the fact that I've been dropping quite a bit of coin lately on new stuff that's been coming out. So I didn't really ask for too much. So do you buy them for yourself, or do you actually, does your wife buy them for you? I generally buy them for myself. Um, when it comes, some of the Euro games and stuff, I'll, I'll throw on a list at like, Christmas time, stuff like that. She's, I mean, she's real good about that. She'll buy me some stuff. She'll just kind of go off what I, like, here, this one, this one, this one. She'll be like, okay, buy them. But, um, That's fair. Yeah, my, no, my, I, wife, my wife and I, we don't do presents, really, so we just kind of, I just buy myself. <laughs> That's boring. But then yeah. there are I buy for the kids, so my wife is like, oh, you just bought that because you want to play. <laughs> so, I did so that they, this my year. My kids got a bunch of Sentinels upgrades. Yep. Sentinels game. There you go. And, and we got Marvel Legendary Heroes. Sweet. Uh, but, but after we got Sentinels, I didn't really, I don't know if we're going to play Marvel that much, so we'll see. Uh, Sentinels is fun. I bought it for my kid for Christmas. And... Oh, did you try it out? Yeah, we played it the other day. We, we matched up two heroes incorrectly against the villain so it ended up to where we couldn't actually hurt him so we lost but yeah it's fun yeah you gotta worry about the matchup sometimes yeah. yeah we both had only projectile damage i was wraith and he was the the bunker mm. <clears throat> so we couldn't hurt omnitron but I, I i think probably tomorrow he has a friend spending the night tonight i think we'll play it again tomorrow that's cool it's fun yeah a friend get in on it too hopefully yeah excellent yeah, so that's, I think, what we did. What about you, Jason? What did you get for Christmas? A bunch of bar stuff. I got some scotch. I got some rye. <laughs> I got a got a mixing glass. I got a couple uh, measuring apparatus I. Uh, so yeah. That shit's under the tree, Jason, is like, it's pretty obvious what it is, right? No, she, she put all the good stuff in the stocking and then, like, some of the other stuff in boxes, so I couldn't tell what it was. But, yeah, so pretty much... Pretty much everything I got was bar related, which which was nice. And it's wrapped and it's like wide at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> at the top just, you know, it's kind of a dead giveaway. Yeah. See, see, yeah, with me, they just hand me the stuff. Like if it's like booze, people just show up and give it to me. Like it's never wrapped. Yeah, I got I got some nice bullet rye in my stocking. Nice. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah, bullet rye is like kind of a standard mix. That's standard basic uh, rye whiskey. Right? Mm -hmm. That's like the the, the good. That's decent, decent quality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been drinking Overholt, but uh, the bullet's pretty good. Higher proof, so uh, I and I drink the same, so I get a little bit more tipsy, <laughs> which is what I'm drinking right now. Yeah, Excellent. we went we went to uh, Magic Mountain for Christmas Eve. Oh, sweet! So instead I... of doing like we didn't go to Mass, but my mother-in-law was all like. Uh, well, when are you guys going to mass? And we were like, we're not going. We're going to be got. We have we bought passes from Magic Mountain, so Magic Mountain does this whole thing. They're open till like midnight on Christmas Eve, and they do all this uh, lights and 
snow everywhere, so we kind of put the kids up there, and they, they have snow machines that make snow. So, how far of a drive is that for you? Like ten minutes. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. I live, like, wow. I live probably ten miles from Magic Mountain. So now that we have the passes, we just come and go all the time. So. That's nice. So, are you officially a heathen now since you didn't go to Mass on? Well, we went to Mass. Christmas we, we went to Mass the week before. I won't go to Mass at Christmas. I go to Mass a lot during the year. I won't go to Mass on Christmas because it's just packed and it's ridiculous. Uh, going to sit in the basement of the adjacent building watching the priest. Oh, so, <laughs> screw that. Yeah, I'm like, forget it. I'm not going to uh, do it. So, I refuse to go. So, I won't Closed go caption TV. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the opposite of a CNE Catholic. I won't go on Christmas and I won't go on Easter. Nice. So, yeah, there you go. Right That's funny. You keep it real. I find myself, I, I was kind of born and raised Catholic. I, I find that I, I find that I'm drawn on Christmas Eve to watching like, you know, Christmas with the Cardinal or Christmas. <laughs> it's not usually the Pope, but it's like you know, it's like uh, oh, like on cable, like Channel yeah, Seven, yeah, yeah. Like nice channel, and they do the well, whole you know Latin Mass. I said if we're gonna drive and screw around with all the parking and, and at the church, and then just be sitting on a folded chair in a basement of some rec room watching on TV, well, why not just stay at home and watch it on TV? So, yeah, so when you do that, just bring a cooler with you. <laughs> you tailgate Crack them open. That's what I'm saying. I could do that at home, right? So my mother-in-law was scandalized. But, and then, of course, she sits there and uh, give me the stink eye every time I'm pouring myself a drink. Mm. <laughs> Whatever. So I got a, I got a cocktail uh, recipe book for Christmas from a buddy of mine. And one of the, like, it's, it's a bar in in uh new york and they they give like their top recipes and and they have their like loyal patrons give their favorites and give a story about it one of it's a one of the one of the recipes is from a cardinal and he says you know i used to go i used to make the 45 minute walk down there have a couple cocktails on a on a sunday night i know so why can't catholics drink they're allowed to drink so why is why are you getting the stink eye the religion you're allowed to drink that's why she gave me the stink eye. Just because she's judgy. Because hmm. Catholics. The other thing about Catholics is they're extremely judgy. Oh. So, like, <laughs> there's this whole thing about who's been to Mass, who doesn't go to Mass. Like, like you know, basically, basically judging you on your attendance record. And that's just fuck, the floor, so. fuck that. My in-laws are Mormon, and they don't do any of that. We went out to dinner on uh, Saturday, and uh, last Saturday. Had a beer. They don't say anything about it. That's a surprise. Nothing but love. Dude, my mom, my mom's an Alcoholics Anonymous. She doesn't even judge me if I... She bought me a bottle of Bushmills for Christmas. Very nice. That's a good mom. <laughs> my mom's been in AA for like 30 years. Nice. That's how it don't should worry, be. Don't worry that it was half empty. <laughs> it was not cracked. She's, she's just... Yeah, she's completely done with it. But, but man, back when I was a kid... Woo! Yeah, that's... <laughs> like in my life... In my, Growing up in my house, uh, you'd go to the uh, the linen closet, you'd open up, and there'd be a bunch of towels stacked up. On the third towel you open up, there'd be a bottle of whiskey between the third and fourth towels. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hide it. Ah, childhood. Ah, uh, mom's. Memories. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was a different life, so. Yeah. Long time ago. The f other funny thing, though, is my mother-in-law, when she came out, she brought out a, a, a DVD of a cooking show. I guess I have this, uh, my, my wife's cousin's husband lives out in Idaho. They live in Idaho. What part? So he, uh, you don't know. Uh, Never mind. Ketchum. Ketchum. Okay. 
I was born in Boise. So, uh, basically, this guy's a chef, and he wanted to become, I guess he wants to become a TV chef. <laughs> but he's got, like, two or three DUIs. I think he's actually wearing an ankle bracelet. Oh, one of those. Currently. Sweet. So, uh, so it's kind of like, so he did this video kind of as a, a precursor to getting a TV show. Like, he's trying to do his own pilot or something, mm -hmm. and they're going to submit it. So she brought the DVD, and we watched it. And, dude, it was the fucking funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> This guy, this guy, first of all, he's in like a nature scene. So there's oh, like a Jesus. lake behind him and mountains. And the whole idea is that he's like this American chef. Mm. And he catches the food and he's going to like show you how to cook it. But except apparently he didn't catch it. Like one of the crew members caught it. <laughs> oh, dude, he looks completely hungover. <laughs> so, just a little background on the guy. Uh, he came to my wedding. And he was uh, wearing a giant Pittsburgh Steelers medallion. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> like and, Flavor Flav style, like a big <laughs> clock type thing? And the other thing this guy was well known for was there was once an incident when he was dating my wife's cousin where they were up at her dad's house. And he's hanging out in the garage and uh, he's playing around with a gun. <laughs> I, guess, I guess her dad had a bunch of guns up in Idaho. So, uh, that sounds about right. He's messing around with his gun. And I think they had both been in the military or something, but they were out at this point. He shoots off the gun accidentally, <laughs> nearly hits her, shoots it into the car, like her dad's car. So, okay, this guy's in his mid-20s. What would be your response? Like, if honestly, if you had done that, you're over at your, your fiancé's house, your fiancé's <laughs> house, you shoot the gun off in the car, what do you think you would do, Jason? Uh, apologize immediately. He ran away. <laughs> <laughs> he ran off into the woods. He doesn't even have a car. Oh. You have to come back. They know who you are, dude. Like, <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awesome. This guy just runs out. Runs off on foot to the woods for like two or three hours. Wow. What's this guy? Oh, you off? You cool off? <laughs> <laughs> Mom and dad aren't mad anymore. So this is this, that's this guy. So uh, basically, he's doing this cooking show, and uh, he he looks like he's completely hungover. Like he's like bags under his eyes. He looks terrible, and uh, he keeps saying stuff like he'll look back to the scenery behind him and go like, "What a country!" Like he's got oh. this whole idea. That he's, he's this American chef. One of those. And, uh, he keeps doing this thing where he goes. Like when he puts wine in the meal, he'll go one for the one mm. for the and one for the chef. <laughs> I'm like, you cannot drink on TV. Like, so we're watching, and it's been like through the show. He must have had like three or four glasses of wine. He'd be like, one for the fish, one for the chef, and and uh, tell him like off-color jokes. And like at one point, he's in a kitchen. They move him to like somebody's kitchen. And he's got this steak, and he's trying to cook the steak in a pan. And he, they show the steak, and the steak is like twice as large as the pan. He's <laughs> <laughs> over the side of the pan. Like, dude, you're on a cooking show. You couldn't just get a larger pan. He even mentions, he goes, you might want to use a larger pan for the steak. Oh, my gosh. So what you're saying is this is going to be a hit. Yeah. This is what you're saying. What I told my mother-in-law, I said, if he would put it on YouTube, 
He would just, oh, it would be a hit. It would give him hits. But you could never tell him why the show was funny. No. Nope. Like, <laughs> you'd have to think it was him. Like, ah, oh, it was just, it was the best. So we were like laughing hysterically the entire time watching it. If that was on Amazon, I'd probably order it right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. Well, they, remember, um, did you guys ever see, uh, uh, Justin Wilson, the Cajun chef, he used to drink on TV. Yeah, man. Wolfgang Puck did too. Yeah, yeah. I don't think are you allowed. I don't think you're allowed to. I, uh, I mean, this was back in like the eighties, yeah. you know. Yeah. So Onion. Look at drunk history. They drink. Yeah. Oh yeah. So clearly, I guess I'm wrong. I guess you are allowed to. It's probably dependent on the network and all that crap. But hey, do either of you guys have your own bathroom at work? Uh, well, um, no. you mean personally? Yeah, I've decided that, like, the key to my success, like, I'll know I've made it when I have my own personal bathroom in the office. No, yeah. Not yeah, anywhere near that. Just having a bathroom, like, like, like Jason, the boss, at your, the head guy at your company, does that person have their own bathroom? No, he doesn't. God. That would be nice, though. Hey, you know, you know what we do is uh, we actually have um, a men's bathroom and a women's bathroom, but we only have one woman in the office, and she only comes in, like, once every two weeks. So it's like, that's the executive <laughs> restroom, really. I mean, you just... Is there a key for it? No. But it's cleaner than the men's room. I can tell yeah. that. So, you know, you need to go sit for a while and ponder things. Yeah, I think that's a restroom. sign. You've made it when you have your own bathroom, I think. <laughs> you know, you can just go in there and sit down. You have to worry about people coming in. Yeah. And, like, doing nope. their business. And you're, like, waiting for them to leave. <laughs> that's, that's, that's so funny. I... People in my work just apparently don't care. Like, if I see somebody, the bathroom upstairs by my office has two urinals and two stalls. A urinal is fine. I'll share, I'll, you know, not share a urinal, but be side to side. <laughs> but if there's someone in the stall, I I respect that dude's whatever he has to do, and I'm going to wait my turn. People come in, when sit down, do and just tear shit up. Like, dude, I'm here. Do you do this thing where you walk in? Say you're walking in, you got to use the stall. You walk in, you see there's somebody in the stall. You're like, Ugh. so you pretend you're in there to wash your hands, and then you leave. Yeah, I'll blow my nose, or or I'll I'll pee, or yeah, I'll wash my hands and then leave. Because everybody knows what's happening. But but you're not gonna wait for the guy to finish. No, stand there. No, no. Like, <laughs> like tap your. Yeah. If there's a double stall and one guy's in the stall and there's one open, will you use the second stall? No, I don't. But, but. Do you do this move? Like right before you're about to make some noise, you flush the toilet at the same time. <laughs> Try to like <laughs> counter noise. I just wait till they're gone. Yeah, I used to be like that, but then I was deployed to Guantanamo Bay. And they literally, the Air Force put out toilets that was like 20 rows of toilets in a tent. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> no stalls. Yeah. Just holes. Yeah. And when that happens, then you're just like, yeah. Go. That's how that's how it was for us in AIT. But I I work in an office. I I want a little bit of privacy. And it's only once a day. I, I figure, you know, make the best of it. But these people come in and just blow shit up. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I I, I see your shoes. <laughs> I don't try. They're right there. I'm going to see you getting coffee. Those are Bob's shoes. I know who that is, yeah. That's the VP of marketing. What the fuck are you doing, man? 
blasting. Yeah. <laughs> so at work we've got I mean we've got the office and then there's a there's a warehouse and then there's a set of offices on the other side of the warehouse. Right. Well we get we get the people that like migrate over to mm-hmm. use our shitter. And yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing no. using our shitter? Like their secret bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Like, no. They got the I inside scoop. You can't do that. And then they, you know, they'll turn the fan off when they leave. <laughs> you can't come shit here. You can't come shit in my house and then leave and turn the fan off. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a fan. That's all. Oh. I guess the downside of having your own private bathroom is like when the cleaning people come in, you'll be They like, know it's you. I don't know who was in there. <laughs> <laughs> who was in there? That was disgusting. Oh. <laughs> They're like, okay. Oh. Wasn't me. Yeah, sometimes you go in, though, you're in emergency mode. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, your body's all excited because it thinks you're on the final stretch and you can't stop and turn around because it's going to be a disaster. So sometimes <laughs> you just got to go. I went in, I was out doing some field work uh, a couple, like maybe a month ago, and I, I was like in the thing where like, I'm trying to find like a uh, restaurant, anything. I need a bathroom. So I run in. And of course, I get into the bathroom, and there's a dude in the toilet stall, and I can't really gauge how much longer he has to go. <laughs> and he is literally having that fucking cell phone conversation. Oh, I hate that. Oh. Is he even using the toilet? Like, but now my body's all psyched out because it thinks it's coming. Right? Yep. We're like ready to give birth. So then I had to hop that process, run out, just terrible. So that's my dream, my own bathroom. That's what I want. Yeah, that's that's a good call. That's next level. Long. Nobody's walking in. You hear the door open, you're like, oh, geez. What's this person want to do? And you got to wait. Okay, he's just washing his hands. <laughs> you get the... Yeah. Man, well, at least you have aspirations, Dave. Yeah, I know. I think that's a sign that you've made it. I, I think that's a good goal to shoot for. Sure. So this is all what we consider garbage time. I was going to say, we're we're an hour in and haven't talked about a game yet. <laughs> I got some more garbage time topics. I love it. I want to talk about free games, Dave. No, we're going to. You got a free game. Uh-oh. You did? You did. Oh, yes, I did. I got two. Very, oh, very nice. Very nice. I got, I got two so, so before we talk about that, I got to go ahead. Michael Sunborg is the guy who sent me Liberty Roads. He, he emailed and said, yeah, go ahead. Big thanks. That's what I'm going to be talking about during this podcast is Liberty Liberty Roads. That's all I've played this month. Okay, so I, I played it three times. Didn't want you to mention his name, but no, I I didn't know one way or another. Um, some people care, so I didn't I didn't want to shout out without getting permission. But but well, he emailed and said he was fine. Because that is that game. It's on my shelf and needs to be played. It's so, so it's so good. You're going to inspire me tonight. I think. It's it's good. Well, that's good. And also, Campbell, by the way, just so you know, we encourage listeners to send us fucking free games. So <laughs> there you go. Bravo yourself. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I got free hey, games. What'd you get? As a guest host, do I get some free games somehow? Somehow? No. Good, wow. good luck. The moment of hosting ends the minute this podcast ends. <laughs> uh, I got an action pack from Todd. Oh, uh, very nice. Oh, Jayhawk. Mm-hmm. Which is, a, I think, is a weird Missouri Jayhawk. I think that's a very strange uh, uh, name to have. Is it a real bird? No, it's not. But the, it's Missouri. Yeah. Jayhawks, Kansas. Uh, 
my relatives would think those two things were incompatible. <laughs> I he used to be a Missouri Jayhawk. He's itinerant hobbyist on YouTube, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah so. so he sent me an action pack. Very cool. And then... Uh, He's a good, good guy. Duck sent me a game that I'm going to review on this podcast. What? Huzzah. Duck sent that? Yep. We're going to have to have a talk. I know. <laughs> Motherfucker. Very nice. He sent a nice note in the package, too. It was very entertaining. I read it to my wife. <laughs> was it off, any off-color comments? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Not a little bit. Likes, the, likes the cut of your jib? Yeah, not uh, so, yeah, I mean, if we're done with garbage time, are we done with garbage time? We can be. Does it, do any of your kids play Minecraft? That's the one thing I want to talk about. Too. My son does, yeah. I actually just bought my kids Minecraft for Christmas on the Xbox. They're it, going crazy. With I, it. I don't understand it. Oh, mine do it on an iPad. So yeah, know. that's what my son does. I guess they just build stuff. Yeah, but why? I, I, I don't understand it. Well, my daughter, my six-year-old, was telling me the story. She's like, oh, look what I did in Minecraft. So she shows me this village. And I'm like, oh, it's really nice. She goes, yeah, it was a village. We found a village. She was so excited. And then she came back an hour later. She's like, yeah, I have all the buildings. I'm like, where are all the villagers? She goes, oh, I killed them all. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, I want to use their buildings. <laughs> so I said, honey, didn't kill all the villagers. So now what she did was a couple of days ago, she brought me this, like, a village thing she wanted to show me. And basically, she built them houses, and she pushed the villagers into the houses and locked them in there. So it's, like, basically like a confinement facility. Nice. <laughs> They're all looking from their little windows. They were like, Mah, Let me out. They love it, though. They're really into the Minecraft shit. So. That's... I mean, I think it's kind of cool because you get to create stuff, and you're not, you know... You get to kids get to use their imagination a little bit, you know. I mean, I, granted, it is a video game, but there is a little bit of imagination. Yeah, they build and they you can have eggs and make fried eggs and then eat the eggs. And there's all sorts of stuff you can do. So I had no clue about it, but I thought it looked interesting, so I, I was willing to let them play it. Killing villagers. Yeah, she was into that. So, <laughs> She was really excited about it. <laughs> uh, so the first thing I want to talk about for the generally getting out of garbage time okay. is uh, Game of the Year for 2014. Okay. Uh, Campbell, do you have a Game of the Year for you for this year? Games um, that you played in 2014 no, or that came out? game that came out this year. Okay. Then I, I'll just pass. I don't, well, I don't, not, you don't want to say Warfighter? Not Warfighter? <laughs> I was going to no, say. I mean, Warfighter is, is, is good. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's one of the few games that I that I've had a chance to play that came out. All right, Jason, what about you? Game of the year for 2014? Uh, Fire in the Lake, without a doubt. Oh, I knew that's. What yeah, it was. yeah, everybody knew that was coming. Dave, and I am huzzah. Huzzah! Wow! And not just because I got it for free. <laughs> Is that good, huh? Yeah, it was really good. You sure that didn't sway your opinion? No, I think it's a. Uh, I, th I think one of the reasons why I thought it was uh, my game of the year is it's a very fun game. Uh, the system is, is easy to learn, but it gives you a really great uh, uh, experience and, uh, with the tactics of the period, like the Civil War. It really gives you a great flavor for that scale. Uh, so I think it's accessible to beginning, beginning gamers, but also gamers that are more experienced will enjoy it. So overall, I figured, uh, I thought that was pretty much the 
And it was just something about the game just kind of uh, was a lot of fun. Yeah. Some games you play them and you're like, like, I can't tell you how many times I pulled out Last Chance for Victory by Dean Essig. Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. Big and game. And like, eh, not up for it. No. it. At least three or four times this year. This game, I immediately laid it out, started just knocking regiments around. So it was a lot of fun. So I think that's, uh, it's great when you can read a set of rules in a game uh, and kind of get a feeling from the game about how excited the designer is about the period and how easily it's conveyed through the games that he made uh, to the players. And so I, I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to review it, so I'm going to talk about it a little more detail later, but I just wanted to, to basically... It, and maybe it would have been next war Taiwan. If, uh, yeah, it hasn't come yet. Yeah, I haven't even gotten a shipping notice yet. Yeah, so Hazab will be my game of the year. Nice. I, I will give a shout out to uh, the Hunters. That game was pretty fun. Yeah, was that's it, did fun. Did come out this year or was that last year? It was early. I got it early this year. <clears throat> then it counts. <laughs> <laughs> that game was pretty fun. I mean, it, it, it's that style of game that you talk about a lot of times, Jason, that's like, you know, you just kind of long for the ride. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, it was a pretty fun ride. Yeah. You know, yeah, of know, those games, I think that's... sunk to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Kind of entertaining. Well, the cool thing about Huzzah, too, is it comes from a uh, small company, one small step games. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool that a, a company that's not like GMT or MMP or even Clash of Arms can come out with a game that's, that's nice. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So have you, have you ever played their game... Jason, I don't know if you know that BCT Command Kandahar. No. Because I saw that, I thought that might have been something you'd be interested in. But it seems like a brigade level mm-hmm. modern. Yeah, it looks interesting. On that. Yeah, I've I've looked at it a couple times, and I think they have a Baghdad game too, Battle of Baghdad. Um, I just didn't know if you'd ever played there. by them. Um, I played their uh, War of the Worlds game from Ares, same company. I have a couple games from there on pre-order, but Huzzah was not one of them. Oh, right. They do Ares Magazine. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. So before we start talking about games, can we pause and go fill up my drinks? Oh, yeah. Of course. Cool. I'm good with that. All right. For whatever reason, and this thing, man, I mean, it was leaning over. I hope, you know, luckily they got to it because it was looking like it was going to fall on someone's house. I mean, it was it was being held up by the cable itself, you know, so someone's phone line was basically holding up this pole. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, so we had that. We had some other cable thefts and things like that. Cable theft? Yeah, you know, people uh, go out and uh, chop chop copper lines. Oh yeah. Trying to trying to get that drinking money or that Christmas money. And, uh, That's crazy. The, the worst is when they'll, they'll go out there and they'll, they'll chop a fiber cable, and then and then just leave it. <laughs> like, oh, we can't do anything with this. Yeah. Like, oh, well, this is just glass. So, that sucks. So, anyways, yeah, yesterday or yesterday was full of like issues, and of course, you know, there wasn't an engineer to be found because it's the day after Christmas. I, I go in there to look, and everybody's mm-hmm. off. So that yeah, was. Hmm. Luckily, two, it was kind of uneventful, but a few problems. No fun. Dave, you're off for the rest of the year, right? Yep, till the 5th. 
Son of a bitch. You gotta go in next week, right, Jay? Yeah, I'm... Uh, tomorrow's my last day off. Uh, yep. We'll harass you from the... Yeah, no kidding. Jeez. I should have taken it off, but I just... I don't know. So, yeah, well, Same that's like the guys who work for me, they didn't take those days off. I keep telling them to take them off, they, they don't do it, so... Can't complain. Yep. If you could take it off, you don't want to spend your time. Yeah. I'm going to end up losing about a day of PTO. I can only take over a certain amount, and I think I have a day too much. Oh, fuck that. You can't lose a day. Well, yeah. I've taken plenty of time off. <laughs> I, uh, because I travel so much and I work from home so much, I, I figure in there somewhere is eight hours that I've skived off. <clears throat> I've never had a job where I traveled. Uh, this is my first one, and I love it. I, I, I can imagine. I like to travel. Like I like to see different places, eat food in different places. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the company pays for all that. So I yeah. eat and drink for free while I'm gone. Totally. Our handbook completely says alcoholic beverages are fine to expense. So, right. yep. I try all sorts of new shit. Have you ever, in your travels, have you ever... Uh... You ever had hot pot? Um, the, a hot pot restaurant? Not in my travels. There's one here that I've gone to, like Caribbean hot pot, or like uh, Thai food. That's cool. I've I've only ever had like uh, Japanese. Like what? What's a what's a hot pot? So it's uh, you. There's a burner on the table, and they put a a, a pot of like a broth that. They simmer it, and then you they bring you these uh, plates of vegetables and like um, usually like like beef like sliced almost paper thin like you can almost see through it, and you just you know you take the food take like chopsticks, take the meat kind of just swish it around in the mm-hmm. broth just for like twenty seconds so it, it cooks and you mm-hmm. and they got these different sauces and stuff and you dip it in, sort of like fondue but it's like a Mm-hmm. quicker process but good but yeah but good. <laughs> yeah there's a there's a Thai place here that does that and then there's a Jamaican restaurant that does it too it's so good I went to a I went to a Cuban restaurant here not long ago for the first time that was damn good I was really surprised I'd never had yeah. was it like rice and beans or like a sandwich well, every you know every dish had rice and beans as part of it. Um, nice, but good. You know, not like Mexican rice and beans. Mm-hmm. What's that, Dave? They do the plantains and yeah, yeah. So good. There's a place down in um, in uh, Ontario here, Dave. I don't know if it's down, there, but never. It was <laughs> really good. Really good. <laughs> we have we have a Cuban place up here. I've had Cuban food. I was in Guantanamo Bay for eight months. So I, oh, there you go. The sensation of Cuban food. That's the real shit. Which side of the uh, which side of the cell were you on? <laughs> Blackheart, Corazon Negro, man. There you go. The of course. <laughs> so, are we recording? Are we, we are. Okay, that's, that's always pretty much since I started talking. That's good to know. Uh, yeah, my my. Sorry for the long pause. My wife is sick, and I. I got all the details. Oh. So, uh, we got reviews. Sure. I have reviews. I would like to do some reviews. Go for it. Sure. Can I I go first? Please. You you can always go first, Dave. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much. 
Okay, so the first game I wanted to review is my game of the year for 2014. Huzzah. Huzzah. So. And it's fun to say. Yeah. Huzzah is produced by uh, One Small Step Games. I think it retails for about 65 bucks. Oh, really? It's, it's uh, four battles are included in the series. So when you buy it, you get a rule set, and then you get scenario rules. And there's, there's basically four separate maps, one for each battle. The battles are, let's that out. The battles are uh, the Battle of Ayuka. I think it's the first Battle of Ayuka. Uh, the Battle of New Bern, where Burnsides was actually a good general. Uh, Battle of Stevenson's Depot, and uh, the Battle of Belmont, which is like one of the, kind of one of the first battles that Grant, U.S. Grant, actually led Union troops in. So, the thing I wanted to mention about this game is uh, it, the, the scale for the Huzzah set is regimental scale. So each regiment maybe has two or three counters that are going to be associated with it. Like a battery might have two or three counters. And when I first kind of had seen the game, I was like, I saw that the counters were like, you have a combat strength and a, and a morale. So it's like a two, four, or a one, five. And I, I, I tend to prefer more complicated games. So when I saw the counters, I was not really enthusiastic mm. about it. But, but the duck sent me the game as, I guess, a Christmas gift. So I figured I would uh, basically like open it up and see what it was like. And so I didn't actually go in, even though it was on my wish list for games, it was, really wasn't a game that was high on my list that I was going to buy. So the scale is small unit tactics for the American Civil War. Uh, one of the things that, that uh, when I opened it up and I looked at the maps are, the maps are very nice. I mean, they're comparable in quality, maybe even to like Conflict of Heroes, like that high uh, wow. quality of art. Mm. The maps, very attractive maps. Uh, the counters... There's been some complaint about the counters. People don't like the counters because basically the counters are uh, there's a flag and then there's the combat strength and the morale. But I actually really like the counters because I felt like the American counters, you, the, the Union counters, you can all tell because they have an American flag on them. The Confederate counters, you can tell because. Oh, it's the States. That's awesome. Yeah, so, so one of the cool things about uh, the Civil War, you know, a lot of times people say, well, Union. And rebels, they're fighting, they have the same weapons, the same, it's boring, that same weapon systems fighting, the same weapon systems. But, but one of the cool things about this scale is when you start getting into the personalities, the leaders, and and even the, the kind of characteristics of the different states. So it's kind of cool that you're looking at the first Arkansas, and they have their flag on the counter. Mm -hmm. Or the first Texas, and they have a Texan flag. The Missourians have a Missouri flag on it. And that's true for all the Confederate They each have the uh, flags that are associated with their particular state. The Union only has American flags, which is kind of nice in a way because it makes it easier to differentiate between Union and Confederate. I think if everybody had their own state flags... Mm -hmm. That's too much. I think it's appropriate because the Confederates had much more of a... I think an emphasis on where the, 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 what states the units were from as opposed to the, the Union Army, where in general they were Union troops first, and then states troops second. So, uh, reading through the rules, uh, they're very easy to understand. There's maybe about 10 pages of rules, but, but each rule, like when you go through a segment, it might be two to three lines for a section. 
it, it's it, it's very quick process getting through them. The the one thing I would have I would have liked is maybe an example of play in the rules. So kind of follow through and make sure because sometimes you think you kind of know how the rules work, mm -hmm. but you'd like to see an example of play kind of to verify that you're doing it correctly. Uh, but since the rules have been produced, since the games have been produced, they have come out with an example of play that's available online that you can download and kind of make sure that you're doing things correctly with the guys. They're really thorough. Uh, I found the rules were really tight. I don't know if they've been play tested a ton, but it seemed like any time I would have a question, uh, I could easily find the answer to my question in the rules. So, and that's unusual where, well, sometimes there's like maybe some vague areas where you're not quite sure, maybe you have to make a judgment call. In this case, the rules were very clear about what you were supposed to do in uh, different situations. So the best thing about the game, though, is so you've got these four battles. I fought Aika. I'm in the middle of fighting Newburn. Um, you you get you punch out the counters. You start bringing them on the table. They start fighting, and right away it just gives you the whole feeling of how it must be to move the regiments around on the table. Um, when you like the the rules don't dictate to you how you have to deploy the troops, but they reward you for following appropriate tactics for the period. So as an example, if you have a regiment that has three counters that are two strength points each, you could keep them all in the same in the same hex and stack them in a column. And if you're doing an assault, that might be a good tactic to use. But it's much more appropriate for you to spread them out in a line into three different hexes so that they, you can maximize their firepower. And the, the rules reward you because when you go to calculate your firepower, the first thing you do is add up your firepower for a hex, and then you modify it by entire rows on the firing column. Mm -hmm. If I have a six strength point unit regiment that's firing from one hex at a unit, say I'm behind a rail fence and I'm firing at someone that's in clear, clear comfort, clear terrain, uh, I get I get a, a one-up for me for fire line for uh, for firing at a clear hex. I get a one-up fire line for firing through a rail fence. So I might be a six. The uh, the one-up for the rail fence would move me to eight to eleven. The one-up for the clear would move me to twelve to fifteen. So now I'm in the twelve to fifteen firing line, which is a good firing line to be in. But if I'd spread my guys out into separate hexes, they would be two firepower each. One-up for the rail fence one of the clear give me three shots at the five to seven. So it kind of makes it, as you play, the rules kind of suggest to you what you should do by penalizing you or or uh, rewarding you within the system, but they don't say, like, you can't put all these guys in the same hex, you can't form a column, you have to form a line. I like the fact that the rules kind of just kind of coach you or coax you into playing the way the game's supposed to be played. That's cool. Um, yeah, so they give you a great flavor for the period and tactics. They don't bog you down with a lot of complicated rules. I, I felt like after maybe the first uh, 30 minutes to 45 minutes of consulting the rules, I could pretty much run through the whole game and not have to worry about uh, constantly going back and trying to make sure I was, I was playing the rules correctly. Uh, it rewards uh, good tactics. Say, like, you're, you're, like I mentioned, your infantry guys are behind a rail fence. If you put infantry behind a real fence or a stone wall, they get larger range, further range. Their fire is more effective. Um, if you use elevation, you, you, you'll end up looking for hills to put your guns on so they can fire further and fire for longer ranges over your own troops. Uh, 
The command rules, there, there really aren't much in the way of command rules. Basically, you have to, like I said, the scale is regimental, so you'll have a bunch of regiments under a brigade commander. The brigade commander has a range in which he can command the guys. As long as they're in command, they can move into an uh, enemy zone of control. If they're out of command, uh, their morale goes down. They can't move into an enemy zone of control anymore. So it, it motivates you to kind of keep your, uh, your officers with your units. But one of the coolest things about the game is uh, the way the segments work in the turns. So you'll have a turn, and there's a turn track, like a series of segments uh, that's maybe about 12 to, maybe it's like 12 segments, I think. And so you'll have an artillery segment, you'll have a small arms segment. Basically, an artillery segment, your artillery can shoot a rally. In the small arms segment, your, your uh, infantry and cavalry can fire. And in the horse segment, uh, artillery and mounted guys get additional movement. And then you have what's an action segment where everybody can do one action. So basically, instead of being like an I go, you go type of game, this game is uh, an I go, you go, I go, you go for, for the turn. So you have a little segment marker that moves all the way around, like basically a segment clock that then tracks which segment you can do things in. So I, I thought it was a really neat uh, way to do it because during basically during move, everybody moves through. But during the horse move segment, cavalry units can move an additional three, leaders can move an additional three, and even a battery can move. But, but then there's penalties if, if you're going to move them. So, so I, I thought that the game did a, did a great job of basically uh, giving you all the fun and excitement of, of fighting the Civil War battle at the tactical level without weighing you down with a ton of uh, a ton of rules or complexities. So. Sure. The, the one thing I did, I, I wanted to see is I know they're, uh, they're doing a new series, they're doing a, they're doing a volume two, it's based on the wilderness, which, which should be pretty good. I think they're raising the scale to where units, instead of being groups of regiments, uh, might be uh, parts of brigades. I mean, maybe they're doing that for that period. But I think, uh, I think they're looking to do more obscure battles. I would actually like to see them do uh, battles that are maybe more well-known, like uh, Miller's Cornfield, like at Antietam, or the Bloody Rain at Antietam. I mean, it'd be cool to, to have a battle where it's raging over the, the cornfield with you got Louisiana Tigers and the Texas Brigade and the Iron Brigade, or more like Gordon's Georgians at the Bloody Lane, or doing Wilson's Creek or Bronner's Farm. So I would hope that maybe they don't just try to do the less well-known battles and more obscure battles, and instead, uh, you know, tackle the, the big ones. The big stuff, yeah. Right. I mean, and I'm not saying big in scale, but big in yeah. fame. Well-known, yeah. Right, so they might say, well, you know, there's been a Gettysburg battle or game, there's been an Antietam game, but I think this system does it better than those systems without getting into, like, like I mentioned earlier, I, I have Last Chance of Victory. I've, I've tried to play it. Uh, it was... Mm -hmm. It, it's a complicated, it's a pretty complex rule system. I think it's nice that here you have a game where you can just break out the counters, start fighting, the counters are colorful, they really evoke the feeling and fun of playing a war game. And for me, I got kind of, when I got the game and I started playing it, I got excited about a war game. And I hadn't been excited about a war game in a while. So for me, it was a lot of fun and that's why I'm making it my game in 2004. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, anything that can get you excited to play it. That's. I mean, did I explain that? 
I think I'm all over the place on that, but I don't know if I did a good job of explaining it. But I think so. Good. Yeah. Good. I just I went to their web website. One small step. I I've never heard of them before, and uh, I mean, it looks like they have a lot of decent things. And I'm like, and they look looks like production quality is really good, which I know is important to you, Dave. Um, well, look, production quality is really good, and what you find yourself doing when you're playing it is you're like, oh, I got to get my guys up to that rail fence or to that wall, so then I can improve my. They can brace their musket. Anyone who's fired a musket knows it's very muzzle heavy. You're like, I want to get to the stone wall, or I want to get to this hill. So you find yourself looking at the battlefield the way a brigade commander or a mm -hmm. commander would look. And uh, there are some command rules, but generally they're part of the battle. So so each scenario will have special rules that kind of dictate, like, this guy's a terrible commander. He can only do this. Or, so I thought it was great. Great effort. Uh, it's great to see a small company really make a great product like this. And, and I, like I mentioned, I've heard some smack about the, the counters being ugly. Once you start playing them, once you get them sorted out to where you can see the Texans together or the Missourians or, or whatever, the Mississippi guys, it's kind of cool, I think, to see them all with their state flags. And, yeah, I think, it's, I think it looks cool. Is it? When you fire, you're like, oh, the 26 Iowa, those poor guys, they took all these rounds. You know, so. Is it the laser cut counters or are they die cut? No, they're die cut. Yeah. Nice. So it looks like um, on the website they've got the the uh, Aries magazine. Didn't didn't that just start up on a Kickstarter? Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, that's yeah, that's their thing. so they're the ones that did. Okay. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. So they've got uh, Aries magazine. They've mm -hmm. got Huzzah and Counterfact. They have, uh, they have that BCT game I was telling Jason about. They've got Counterfact magazine. Yep. Which yeah. I think they just put one issue out so far. And I think they have something called Millennium Wars. Yeah, it looks like there's a yeah. Millennium Wars six pack where it's like. Uh, it's, it looks like it's its own system where there's six different games all under the same system. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. I think it's a card game. And they're out of Mission VA Health. Oh, there you go. Southern huh. California. So. Hometown boys. Yeah, so I feel like I didn't do it justice, but... No, I think you did. And they have more games coming out in this, in this series, too. Yeah, so if you want a game that you can you can easily... Uh, play, just throw it down and have fun. Like, are you tired of playing games that that uh, you think might simulate a, a period but aren't fun to play? They're a drag and you're constantly referring to the rules and you're not clear about... This is a game that is fun but still is historically accurate. You'll enjoy it. It can really capture some of the, the things that you really love in a war game. Like, you're like... Some games you're excited about playing somebody. Like, you're looking forward to it, you know? Uh... So, so basically, it's got. Uh, uh, let's see. What we got. I'm gonna run through this real quick. There's uh, there's opportunity fire in the game, so you can you can do opportunity fire. Uh, you can assault your opponent. You can do bayonet charges. There's rally. Your leaders will try to rally the units. You can regroup. You can actually, if you have a brigade that's involved in combat and you want to pull them back away from the enemy, you can try to regroup them later and uh, recover hits on them. So you can have a command that's bloodied, and then you pull them back into the woods and try to get the guys back to strength so they can fight better later on in the game. Uh, yeah, so that's it. High high ranking, high rating. I that's cool. It, blast. it is, uh, like I said, a game that kind of really captured for me what I enjoy about the Civil War. So, so if anybody thinks $60 is too much as an intro, there's a 
folio game that they have on pre-order right now for 20 bucks for Lone Jack. I can't really tell what battle it is. Is it Mule Shoe? I don't know. But it's the same system. Um, Looks pretty... I mean, 20 bucks. Looks like there's several of them. Kandahar, Lone Jack, Middle Creek. But Middle Jack, this, this Lone Jack is exactly the same series. Oh, really? Yeah. So the one that was in Counterfact Magazine, I think, was Mule Shoe, mm. which is, uh, I think, Pennsylvania? I'm not sure. Mm. So, yeah, cool. so for me, I'm a big Civil War fan. Yeah. I had a lot of ancestors fight in the Civil War, so I was always very excited about it. Uh, I'm very excited. And, you know, there's a tendency sometimes to be like, well, uh, we could add a little bit to the rules and maybe make them. I, I saw a guy in, in Constant World basically asking, I guess it's. Huzzah is a, uh, a a simpler version of the Rebel Yell mm-hmm. system. And so the guy's like, well, what does Rebel Yell have to offer? And then the, the game designer said, oh, it offers this, this, and this. I'm like, yeah, I don't need any of that. Oh, wow. Like, let's keep it simple. The game's play right. So it's a blast. Cool. So yeah. I would, I would suggest that anybody who's interested in the Civil War, uh, especially smaller unit tactics, but I think just the fun, if you're an enthusiast, I think you'll really enjoy it. And it's not heavy, so it's kind of perfectly placed at that point in the market where new gamers can jump right in, and even experienced gamers, I think, will, will enjoy the battles. So. What would you say for playtime? Depends on the like game. Uh, I've played Ayuka, and it's, sometimes it's tough, too, because, you know, I'm playing solo, so I'll play a little bit and then got to do stuff. Mm-hmm. I would think Ayuku wouldn't take more than maybe three hours, four hours. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Because it's kind of a meeting engagement as guys are showing up. and So, yeah, I think it's great. I don't know where the system's been. It seems like it's maybe been uh, – was around for a little bit and maybe just finally got produced. So, But it, it's, it definitely feels like it's been playtested because, you know, sometimes you're like, well, can I do this? And then you go look it up, and sure enough, you can. Or – like, one of the questions I had was about rallying. Like, can I rally next to the in an enemy zone of control? And if it doesn't specifically say you can't or you can, you start to wonder, like, well, is that something sure, that the designer just didn't mention? But then, yeah, you can. Because if it wasn't mentioned in the rules, you can do it. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Right. And it yeah, just I hate, shows... I hate that feeling... Could... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, Campbell. I was going to say, I hate that feeling when you're, when you're going through a rule book, you're trying to learn a game, and it's like don't really know you know it doesn't say and you just don't know what to do and you're like well i want to play it right but that's where the example of play comes in Mm -hmm. exactly yeah because you can be like i just want to be sure because you don't want to play a game for like maybe uh two years and then have somebody say, (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah they they do have examples of play up so that's good uh so, so you can actually like, kind of walk through and then make sure that you're playing it correctly. But, but my experience has been with it that it's, it's right on. I mean, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to go on and on, but I think uh, for for me, this is this is the game that I, I really, I really have discovered. And it was interesting because it was kind of a game that, uh, that Duck just sent me. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So do you know, did, did Duck play it, or did, do you know anything Duck in regards to that? Duck, Duck was basically like, look, I'm never going to get a chance to play this. I already have <laughs> Yeah. Do we, do, is it possible that Duck might be like Bill Gates? Possibly. I mean, who could he... That would be nice. I know he has a secret identity, but... I know he says his name. 
Is his name, but I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Mysterious. I'm going to take him at face value. Yeah, I just think it's a, it's a blast. But have you seen his face? I, I, I think I have. I <laughs> Has anyone met him? Hopefully this, hopefully this year. Yeah. So, Consum World. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Campbell's going to drive out with me. Oh, I have bad news. I might not go. What? My daughter has a volleyball tournament supposedly in New Orleans that same week. So it's a little iffy. So I'm hoping this season doesn't go well because that's the, uh, the, the that's the finals. So if they qualify, I'm, I'm out. That's why kids uh, sports kids sports are a total fucking waste of time. It's a drag, man. <laughs> it just ruined parents' lives. Yeah. Is your kid going to get a Division One scholarship? Probably not. And not worth it. Yep. <laughs> Even if they do, it's not worth it. She enjoys it. Parents end up spending so much money. It's so much money. They could have put that money just into their, their college fund. Yeah, that's what grandparents are for. Well, I, we'll see. Hopefully it'll work out. Yeah, hopefully it'll work out. I yeah, kind of got the uh, the verbal nod. There you go. That's all you need. So, yeah. I just hope my air conditioning in my truck's working for when we drive out there. It'll be fine, though. We'll be yeah, fine. It'll be fine. It'll be June. It's not too hot. Yeah, we'll be okay. You're full <laughs> of shit, Jason. <laughs> that's not too hot. It's just hot. It's not too hot. If we do break down out there, we just have to conserve serve water. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's where cool. the bush as long as you comes got a hump, in. You know, like a camel. There you a go. Hump. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you, anybody else want to review a game? Go ahead. Uh, well, why don't I go ahead? I, who's, unless who's, ja unless Jason okay. doesn't want to wait too too deep in the podcast. Like, who's you know, I know that I know that can be a thing. Up. No, I'm okay waiting. I, I might be, but I'm okay waiting. God, man, I, I felt like I was all set on Hazam. I'm like, all right, here's what I'm going to say. No, you did a good job. I'm going to really be like, fuck. I mean, you I don't... Sold, you sold it, dude. I blame myself, not the beer. <laughs> <laughs> As it should be. It's not the blame. Exactly. It's like... It's, it didn't do anything it deserved. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Campbell. All right. Yeah, by so, the way, the, the, just real quick, the owner of One Small Step Games, I noticed, and the designer both joined the, the guild today. Yeah, the, um, oh, that's today? Or a couple of days ago. Oh, that's like, funny. And so I, I had emailed the guy basically just to say, hey, I had some questions about the game, and because and, uh, I had some rules questions, and, uh, and basically let him know I really like the game. And... Uh, they're like, oh, yeah, well, it was a typical thing where I'm like, hey, it's Dave from the Advanced Up to Combat podcast. I just wanted to mention I really like the game. I thought you guys did a great job, like, really good job. And he's like, oh, great. Um, maybe I'll listen to your podcast. I'm like, bad idea. Don't do that. That's <laughs> <clears throat> not a good idea. So that guy was on, that guy was on King Daddy's podcast. Um, John Compton? Sure. I think the, the I've Been Dice podcast, which I love, by the way. And it was a great interview, but he kind of went into this whole. excited when they, they... They pimped us out. Isn't that he the didn't, one they pimped us out on? He didn't really have good things to say about us. Well, no, he just didn't like the language. Well, nobody, the language <laughs> nobody language. likes the language. But, yeah, it, it, that was a good interview. Yeah, so like it's, it's, yeah for sure. I just say with the language. Exactly. Well, he's, got a, he's got a picture where he's smoking a cigar, so I'm like, wow, Oh, I'm sweet. Really he's, he's good people, though. Yeah. 
So yeah, they both joined the guild, so I'm sure they cool. like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah, exactly. So Campbell, do Warfighter, and then okay. I'll do mine, and then you could talk about your other one. Keep drinking the whole time, because I want it to be a train wreck at the end. That is some producing right there. That is some podcast. That's behind the scenes. You got the producing hat on. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I have my fez on. The the grinder. Mm -hmm. Grinder. Yeah. Um, And I'll 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 keep drinking also. Excellent. Well, you know when we when we had the break, I I took Dave's advice actually. I brought my normal lunch pail for work. I threw all my uh, like all my ice ice things in there, like you know the little uh, what do they call them? You know the blue ice things. Cubes. yeah, well, no, no, no. Like the the things you take for your lunch pail, you know, like oh, okay. blue yeah. ice, yeah. I think they're called. Yeah, yeah like, the, like the fake ice. Yeah. Yeah. So I threw all those in there, and, I, and I, I've got, like, uh, almost the whole six-pack in there. So Sweet. Right in my room. Finish did it you, off. Did you, did you put the catheter in, like I told you to? Oh, man, that's the way to go. That's what I'm I need. Kinda, I'm kind of cool. upset that I didn't. The adult, adult diaper? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's yes. that's what I need. All right, so Warfighter. Uh, Sweet. DVG games. Uh, Warfighter, the tactical special forces card game. Um, so this game is uh, it's interesting. Uh, is it? it it's one to six. It's one to six. Okay. Yes. Um, I just played it solo, obviously, but it has some options for. Um, oh, oh, real quick, I just forgot. Yeah. Uh, huzzah! Ten. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, beers, yeah, beers and twelve pack for beers. Wow. <laughs> that's that's the highest rating a game could get. Yep. Ten and twelve. Max it out. Nice. All right, boys. That's it. Go ahead. Sorry, Kim. No, that's all right. That's all right. That's excellent. That's a good review. Um, this game uh is is interesting in the fact that um. It scales, so you, you've got your one to six players. Uh, you can play it where you have a, and, and I'm I'm going to be horrible on terminology here, but uh, you you'll use a, a, a character in the game, a, a soldier, if you will, um, and there's player soldiers that will actually have hands of cards that they can play. And uh, and then there's also um, like squad soldiers and non-player character type soldiers, non-player soldier cards they call them. So you so you have like little henchmen. Yes, yes, and like for example, the player soldiers, like I said, the, you'll have a hand of cards. So those are generally, if you're playing uh, six players, everybody's going to be a player soldier. But if you play it as a solitaire game, you can play you can play one-handed, where you play a player soldier card, and then you play a few of these non-player soldier cards. And and they get um, they make it easy because they're they have a, a set equipment list like okay this guy's got you know uh, he's got his his ACOG site he's got these skills he it's basically set for you he's got an M4 carbine um, and and you know an M9 pistol so he's got his set things but the cool thing is is as a player soldier you get to um, you get to do your own loadout. So you have you have rules for loadout where um, you know everything has a resource cost and a loadout cost. Um, as a team, you're limited to a certain resource cost. So um, you, you 
You can uh, and and resources apply to uh, equipment as well as skills. So you 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 choose what you get for your player soldier. And now, uh, are, and there, it, are there cards for these? So you buy yes. Every, everything is a card. So you know if you if you choose to have um, you know grenades, um, you can. It's a card, and it costs a certain resource. A certain resource cost. Now, what establishes um, how much you have to spend? Um, the it's based on when you uh, when you choose a a you at the beginning you'll choose a mission, and then you'll choose an objective. Those are separate cards. So you have kind of a, a small um, mission deck, and a small objective deck, and you can either shuffle them and pick them randomly, or you can go through them and pick them. And uh, the the mission deck will say, okay. This is here, you know, like, for example, like covert is the type of mission, okay? Or um, one of them was, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, it was like a, uh, I don't remember what the name of the card was, but you'll, you'll engage by coming up the river, you know, you'll, you'll, they have different names for the mission. So it kind of sets the stage for what type of mission, and then the objective actually has the specifics of what the mission is. So like, um, for example, uh, you know, take out the cartel boss. You know, some of the some of the missions uh, take place in like the jungles against drug lords and that sort of thing. Some of them are Middle East against like insurgents or actual like. Uh, I mean, it doesn't say Iraqi troops or, or Af Afghani troops or whatever, but you know that type of thing um, where you'll there's two different things. There's actually army troops and there's actually insurgents. So you'll you have to we are going to go up. Um, so yeah, the mission determines what kind of resource you know how many resource points you're going to be able to use. Um, but the individual soldier cards actually have a loadout. So like particular guys will have some guys are are you know can carry more equipment. Some guys can carry less. Um, so what's cool about it is. And, and I'm guessing because I haven't played it with multiple people yet, uh, is that you know you can kind of set guys up to be you know this this is the guy who's always kicking in the door and breaching, right. mm -hmm. you know this is the guy who's hanging back and sniping. Like this you're, is, you you're the scout. This guy's the scout. This guy's yeah. So it's cool. So you can set up. You can have a a, a team of people. And I and like I said, I haven't experienced that yet, but I I I think that 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 is there. To, you know. So I'm kind of anxious to try to play it with some other people so now does, get... does does the threat scale to the number of players yes so um so when guys so what you'll do is is you'll start out you'll you'll choose your mission you'll choose your objective and then in and the mission is the first card you'll play on the on the table object and it'll tell you on on there how far down the line the objective is so it's either like mm. you know it could be anywhere from like four or five uh, spaces away to all the way up to like nine or ten. I mean, they, they scale. Hmm. Some of the missions are a lot longer. So what you'll do then is, is uh, you'll shuffle these locations into into the deck, and and you'll pull locations with your hands of card. So you'll play locations like, for example, you'll be uh, you know a location could be like the village, or it could be the uh, you know like uh, like a like a jungle or it could be whatever you know and and you as you go you'll move into these new locations well every time you play a location card 
you draw uh, enemies based on your your resource value. So that's it scales in that way where if you're playing just like you and a non-player soldier, your resource your resource level is going to be low. So you only get maybe like um, one or two guy enemies that you have to engage. Sure. Whereas if you have a team with six guys, I mean, you're going to be engaging a shitload of guys. So does it, um, it, it, does it use dice? Uh, it does use dice uh, for and, and the dice are just for the attacks. Um, so uh, attacks are kind of uh, the way it works is is you have based on the equipment that you have um, you will get uh, dice roll modifiers uh, for different equipment but your soldier will have a basic uh, you know to hit die like you want to hit uh, you know five or less is a miss uh, six or more you're gonna hit uh, when you attack going for to attack them um, you do like you can do ranged attack where you're attacking from let's say you know like I said you go from you know the the mission card all the way to the objective card. You actually have a range where you can attack from one card. You could be standing, let's say, for example, on the mission card and attack. You know the next location without entering that location. So it, it it's kind of good because you can take guys out before you before you enter those locations. Um, now, do the threats not appear until you enter the location, or are they? The the threats actually appear as soon as you play the location because the, the, the all the location cards have the same card back as the as all the other action cards in the deck. So when you choose which locate you know where you're going to play, like like let's say the jungle, you're gonna you're gonna uh, do like a cartel mission mission in the jungle. All those cards will shuffle into the action deck, so you can't you know you can't see them. So as you pull your hands of cards. You might get um, mm -hmm. different actions and then get a location. So, as you get locations, you can play them out on the board. As soon as you play the location, you will get you will draw whatever enemies are in that location based on your resource. So, can you make choices like I want to avoid this location and try to get around this other way? No, no. You have to. You well, the way you do that is let's say if you have more. You know what I mean? Like, are are you being? Like I'm wondering, are you being railroaded through a bunch of locations, or do you have? Can you? Is there a fork in the road where you can choose one location or another location to get to the objective? You only have one path to the objective, but the thing is, is you'll have these location cards in your hand. So if if there's a real shitty location card, you can choose to um, cycle through your your hand of cards to try to get yourself another location card. Hmm. Um, you're not for you're not necessarily forced to play that location card as soon as it comes up, um, and a good uh, and a good example of that is I actually the game I was playing I had a location card and and this is one of those things where you learn as you play. I'm like, well, this location looks good. You know, it's pretty cheap to because you actually have to pay a entrance cost when you move to a location. Sure. You have to pay you have to pay an entrance cost by discarding cards out of your hand. Yeah, so oh. you're like, this looks good. It's wide open walking along a dike. <laughs> <laughs> well, example, Raised road. I had a, a location of the village, and I'm like, oh, well, shit, you know, the location, you know, it only costs two cards. You know, I only have to discard two cards to enter this location. This is pretty cool. Well, I get my guys in there, and there's a, there's a, a, a thing where, um, you know, you will take your turn, and then the enemies will will kind of have a progression where they'll take their turn. 
Well, the first thing the enemies do on their turn is a reinforcement phase, where any place that you have soldiers uh, will will draw a reinforcement card. And for example, this example, the village has a, has a uh, a uh, reinforcement value of like zero to three. So that basically covers every single enemy card. So every turn, when when you're drawn for reinforcements, the village, being a village full of drug cartel guys and drug runners and whoever else you're drawing every time you draw you're getting a new guy in there that's going to start attacking and it and it ended up being horrible for me let's just say <laughs> so, i and and i was I, I had the thought where i'm like yeah yeah this is a cheap entrance cost you know it's good but it ended up being bad because every single reinforcement phase new guys were showing up just popping out of buildings and you know now are there some yeah are there some skills that either uh, non-player characters or player characters have that can handle locations or like specifically deal with particular types of locations? Um, not really. Um, I mean, there's not there's nothing where like a, a guy won't be like a uh, like scout can, can clear this area or. No, it, do, it doesn't seem like there's anything for that. Like you, like guys don't have special abilities that allow them to be better in a in like a jungle environment or like a, a like a town environment or anything. Um, but so, so, what role did the skills go? Like, what, so, what types of skills? What what do they do for you? The skills get you dice roll modifiers. Um, for a lot of times, uh, like in the game I played, I had uh, like a marksmanship skill which allowed. Uh, allowed you to, um, you know, get a plus one dice roll modifier to every to hit roll when whenever you roll. Are there uh, any not, are there any non combat skills? Uh, you know what? I'd have to go through it a little bit more um, to to see. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> you're like you like I didn't buy any of that shit. <laughs> it wasn't combat related. So, um, but yeah, basically, you know, you're, you you kind of go you go through. Um, and you and you enter these locations. You clear the locations um, based on different. You know, you, you use your weapons. You have a you have a certain amount of actions. Like normal soldiers will have two actions. So, uh, like an action consists of uh, um, you can do uh, uh, you can do an attack as an action. So you can actually attack two different enemies during your turn because you you know most soldiers have two actions. Um, some of the locations when you play them have action costs. Um, you know, some of them are free to play down. Some of them have actual action costs based on okay. where they are. Like um, terrain or whatever. Yes. Yes. Um, one of the cool things too is uh, it actually when you when you get a weapon, you actually get ammunition too. So you'll get like six ammunition tokens that you'll place on your on your weapon. Um, when you roll the dice to to fire on the enemy, um, it works like you have you have a certain hit number, like uh, like like a five plus will be a hit on a on a bad guy. On an enemy. Um, you also have at the same time you roll that dice, you're rolling, and that's a ten-sided dice. So okay. you're, ro you're rolling. Uh, you have to hit, for example, like a, a six plus on a ten-sided. You also roll a six-sided dice that relates to cover. So every every enemy in the game and and also your soldiers will have a cover value. So for example, let's say a guy is uh, his cover value is three. 
Uh, so you're going to roll the six-sided dice, and you have to hit. You have to basically hit both of those things. You have to be able to overcome his cover value and be able to, uh, you know, hit your two-hit number in order to hit him. If you get, if you achieve both of those, you know, you're higher on both of those, you'll actually kill the enemy. Um, if you are higher on only one of them, like let's say you, you have, a, you have enough to, to beat his cover, but you don't actually hit your two-hit number, you'll suppress them. Okay. So, and there's counters for that. Um, each, each enemy card is different. Some, some enemy cards are only like a single guy. Some are like a, a mob where there'll be like three guys. Um, and it'll have, on the card, it'll have like little reticles that'll show how many guys. So you'll place your counters on there as you kill them or suppress them. Um, and as you do that, the, uh, their, like, their combat values will go down. So, like, the first time when, if it's a group of three guys and they're attacking you, um, you know, their two hit roll will be like a, a four plus will hit you. Well, after you take out a couple of those guys, it'll go up to like seven plus. So they kind of scale back as you start to kill guys, you know, from that mob. You know, it'll scale back where, um, you know, they'll have a tougher time to hit you. So, um, what else? Uh, so you so, kind of just so, moved. So, so playing solo, you felt like it was fun? I felt like it was fun. I felt like, I felt a little limited, though, because... I only had one soldier that, that had a hand of cards that could do actions. And the, and the actions do anything from um, allow you like a free movement, uh, allow you like a free reload. And that's where I was kind of going with the, with the, uh, the chits, you know, for the weapons. You actually have um, ammunition on each of your weapons. So uh, when you go to roll your two hit number, uh, let's say you have a... You, if you want to hit the enemy, you have to have a, let's say, a six plus on a ten-sided dice. If you happen to roll real low, uh, you'll also have a reload. So if you roll real low and you get, like, let's say, a two on the ten-sided dice, it, it triggers a reload. So uh, at that point, you have to spend an action to take out the, you know, to reload the weapon before you can use it. So it kind of it kind of limits you as far as you can't just run and gun the whole time sometimes you get yourself in a spot where you'll you have to reload your weapon and spend an action to do that and you're only you only have two actions per turn so it's kind of crucial you know when you when you roll bad and you get that you know you're going to spend your section second action to reload instead of firing so it kind of slows them down um and and that comes into play when you're you're trying to move through these locations depending on how many you know like the game i played i had uh, five location, you know, that I, that I had to get through and your time. So every turn, the timer will go down. And, and so you're kind of under a time limit. It's not just, you know, I'll, I'll keep blasting these guys until I get through. You're kind of under the gun having to get your way through, you know, in a certain amount of, uh, turns. So, so what did you think of the components? Um, the components are real good. I mean, they're typical DVG components. I don't, Know, either I, I guess you either know what that means or you don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had. Their, did they do? Did they do battle for Stalingrad? Same company. Uh, yes, I think so. They. They did the card game. They did. Yeah. Field com the field commander games too. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, they're okay. The problem, 
the problem I'm having with um, with the chits right now is, and and this might be solved. I got to talk to you about this, Dave. This might be solved by because uh, I've got the the Oregon Lamb, you know, uh, counter clipper. Mm -hmm. um, I find that uh, with their newer chits, I can't fit them into the or the like because I I don't have the deluxe Oregon Lamb. I have the the basic one or the original one or whatever you want to call it. I can't fit the chits in there, and I I feel like if I force them, I'm gonna scratch up the the, the fine finish on. You know what I mean? Oh, it's too so, thick. Yeah, it's too thick. Oh, that's interesting. So I'm like, you know, like this game, I didn't even clip the counters, which you know, I, I'm kind of a fiend when it comes. To <laughs> I didn't clip the counters on it because I felt like, you know, I'm gonna scuff up the the nice mm. finish on these, and and I don't want to do that. And I find it, and, and actually, I found the same thing. I just recently, a couple weeks ago, I got, um, uh, I've been drinking too much. Uh, what's the, the new um, field, com Fleet Commander Nimitz? Oh, yeah. And it's the same thing. It's like, I, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to bust this open, clip these counters, get them all squared away. I can't fit the counters in, in, the, in the counter. Hmm. So I'm wondering, you know, because the, the deluxe one is a little more open. I'm, I'm thinking it would probably work for that, but yeah, I had I just haven't flipped the counters, and that kind of pisses me off. Yeah, that would give me a little bit of a fit. So I mean, it, it's great. The components look great. They're um, you know they look real nice. They're they're nice thick cardboard. Unfortunately, a little too thick. You know, I can't I just can't fit them in the clipper. Um, <laughs> Warfighter, the, uh, the it, it has a paper map. Uh, or a paper board, if you will, you know, that you're playing on, which, you know, so a lot of DVG stuff lately is all, you know, mounted maps. Um, so I, w I was a little disappointed in that. I don't mind because, I, you know, I use the plexiglass and that kind of thing. Well, they spend extra on the super thick counters. That won't yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, it, you know, it's typical of, of most of the, the newer DVG games. The cards are real... Are real nice, you know, glossy, thick. You know, I, I like them. They're hard to shuffle, you know. Too th too thick. They can be. Yeah. yeah. I think a little too thick. Um, Do you put your cards in protectors? Uh, this this game no. Some games yes. Not many. Uh, I went on a phase where I I was kind of a card protector guy. Not so much with my war games. Some of my Euro games I did. Um, but war games, I don't generally, unless it's a game where you have to shuffle a lot, um, which war games you don't get a lot. Of. So I, I haven't been too bad about uh, putting everything in. So yeah, I did That's that cool. with my battle uh, for Stalingrad cards and for my Sentinel cards. Like it does make them slick. Yeah, it's very yeah. easy to slip them off and lose them. I I dislike using sleeves because it. it yeah, cards will just slip. You'll like you'll have a stack, uh, like a deck, and yeah. cards will just go whoop, and like slip off the deck, you know. Right. But I also, you know, there's some games where it's crucial that you can't tell, you know, with normal wear and tear, you don't want to be able to tell what a card is. You know, by, yeah, by scuffs on it. Warfighter looked like a cool game. I thought it was a nice. I didn't get it, but I I kind of heard some some cranks in the guild had complained about it, and I. But I thought that uh, I, I'd heard some mixed reviews, but I thought it looked interesting. Yeah, it looks, it's it's on my list. 
People are bitching about those dice, right? The uh, the the bullet dice. People. They're fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> they look really cool. They look cool. I mean, and they're and they're actually supposedly, from what I read, they're based on actual size of of like a nine millimeter and like you know, and that's cool. I like that. What a waste of money. I, I don't have a problem so much with there's uh, the six sided version because it actually has um, ridges where when you roll it it'll oh yeah it'll, sure it'll stop but the the ten sided one it's I mean the shit's almost round you know so you roll it and it's like for days it'll just so, so it'll basically just... what I would say is uh, in in respect to Ralph Sheldon uh, the bullet dice were a moment when a developer needed to step in and say no. Well, with kick... <laughs> we're not doing the bullet dice. I think that's a Kickstarter thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh is that what it is? It's yeah. Like and that was the thing. I didn't. I didn't kickstart this one. I thought about it. I ended up getting it from uh, uh, Chris at NWS, and he kind of has a thing with DVG where, you know, he he's able to get the actual Kickstarter rewards and stuff, which is kind of cool. That is cool. Um. So I was able to get, you know, I got the dice, and I wasn't, you know, I didn't really care about those, but it also, the package, you know, the Kickstarter package included some expansions, like, right off the bat. Um, so that was kind of cool, just to give you a few extra options as far as cards go and, uh, and that kind of thing. So, so this um, is like a coffee table game? You can play it right on your coffee table? It, it plays, I mean, it plays real quick. I mean, I, I was able to run through a, uh, like a four location mission in probably an hour last night. And that Perfect. was a lot of like hitting the rule books, hitting the examples, looking at stuff. I mean, if you, once you get the game and once you know the game, um, I think you, you could probably roll that thing in like a half an hour. I would go through a decent sized mission half an hour. I mean, depending on what happens. Do you think it'd be just as fun to play with other people? I think it would be. I think it would be real fun because uh, you're going to get that interaction of, uh, like I said, guys where like you know, hey, you're the guy that's always going to breach. You're the guy that's always going to hang back and snipe. You know, you're the you're going to be the medic. You know, so and that's the cool thing when you when you choose your skills and you choose your equipment is you can you can differentiate guys that way sure, yeah, right. you know so that this guy that this guy's not gonna lines. take yeah this guy's not gonna take any grenades he's gonna take all med packs you know that kind of thing so it, and it's kind of cool and that's hard to simulate i mean you can play it that way as a one-player game where everybody has a hand of cards but i also kind of like the fact that you know when you play with the non-player character types it makes it makes it a little easier to to get through uh, you know, as a solitaire game, without having to manage five hands of cards. You know? So, so I thought that was kind of, and and those guys are actually, you know, they're not bad. They're kind of, you know, they have their own powers and and they have their own weapons and stuff, and and they kind of they hold their own. Let's say, I mean, they're they're not just like guys that are, you know, hey, Campbell. We don't we don't yeah. call them powers. It's modern skills. <laughs> no, they're powers. I'm sorry. You gotta say I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be taken. Hey, hey, well, how about this? Uh, so, what, what do you say? One to ten for fun. Um, I would say probably uh, I would give it about an eight for fun. Um, and that's only because I played it solitaire. I think 
I think adding extra people to it would make it, you know, real fun. I think it could be a fun game. And uh, beers? Beers, um, once you once you learn uh, the, the rules and learn, you know, uh, the cards have some notations on them that can be kind of weird. Um, luckily, the book has a, a list of the card notations in the back, so you can kind of refer to it, which is kind of cool. Um, I would say probably, you know, six pack, eight pack, um, maybe one one or two beers for Lucas. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, so completely shit faced. Yeah, exactly. That's like fourteen beers for me, probably. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, enjoyable game. Uh, I liked it. It. I would not say it's heavy at all. It's a pretty light game. I I, I found myself as I I kind of. The last couple of days of work have been a little slow, so I've been reading the rules and stuff, and I kind of felt like, wow, shit, I already made it through all the rules. Okay, cool. Let's let's you know let's play. That's cool. You know? so so cool. I would say pretty light in that regard, uh, but but you know fun. So Campbell, can you do any imitations of people? <laughs> like, do you have any particular imitations you can do? Uh, nobody like, that. There's no nope. particular imitation that you can do, like a celebrity or otherwise? Or? No, not really. Not really. Why well, do I... S- no, should I saying, be able to? Or? No, just saying, Jay, how about you, Jason? Can you do one or you do <laughs> No, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Do you have one? How about... Yeah, you. Come on, Dave. Uh, I, I don't really have anybody. I mean, most of my imitations tend to turn into Apu at the end. Mm, very nice. Joe, you're violated by... Save yourself, slippy policy. This is not correct. But uh, I'm just curious. I mean, I don't know. You guys... yeah. In high school, for about a year, I spoke like Cartman almost exclusively. But uh, oh, right. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it anymore. That, well, that's like whenever we used to go on calls and we'd be in a bad area, we'd always go. In the ghetto. I don't know. I think maybe I could do Sean Connery. Yeah? Sean Connery? I don't know. I'd like to hear that. I'll bust it out. We'll see. Hmm. I'll mix it up. I'll yeah. mix it up. <laughs> I don't think I have one. So that's it for the game of the year, 2014. <laughs> that's not bad. Jason? Oh, that's up, not bad. You're up next, Jason, for your yeah. review. Every once in a while, I'll bust out an Aragorn from uh, Lord of the Rings. His like, ass. My wife gets a kick out of that. Um, so I'm gonna get across, we kill two <laughs> Can you guys hear my dogs barking? Yeah, they're great. Yeah, my son's friend came over and they lost their shit. Uh, I muted most of it. Everyone on the podcast will get to hear it. Sir, you're off. You're off for the next review. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do an AAC first and re-review a game that Dave's already reviewed. And talk about Liberty Roads. So this is a game that that Michael Sundborg had sent me. Um, It's obviously a World War II game. Kind of D-Day until whenever game. It's... Jason. Sir. You you sound like you're quite drunk at this point. I'm pretty drunk. (laughs) I'm... Very on. So the, the bottle of of rye was mostly full when we started and it's about half gone now so it's about a half of a fifth yeah yeah good job about eight ounces in um 
<laughs> so, is, is it garbage time if I do the Sean Connery? <laughs> it's never garbage will this, time. Will this be garbage? Time? It is distracting. <laughs> <laughs> so, Liberty Roads is one of those games where it does pretty typical war game stuff. It's it's nothing. It's there's not anything in the game that you haven't seen before. I heard your wife yelling at the dog. Yes, it's. I'm about to go make stew out of them all. <laughs> I'm gonna go make a hot pot out of my my tiny little dogs. Um, but it does it in a way that it is just elegant and makes makes the game so playable that it's 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 just a joy to play. So it's it's a D-Day game that the Allies are landing in France and in the Mediterranean and trying to basically wipe the Germans off the board. I'm not going to get into the details of how the game plays. I'm just going to talk about kind of more high-level stuff of, of what I liked about it and what I didn't like about it. That's a good idea because I think you're too drunk. <laughs> and and Dave has covered it before. And <laughs> and Dave is better at talking about the, the, the how and the why. So he listen to the... Magnificent job. He did. So listen to the 61414 podcast about that. Oh, Dave, by the way, are you looking forward to, for the next two months, telling me to change the fucking date on the podcast? They killed one of ours. <laughs> they killed so things I didn't like... Uh, <laughs> In the game, do not play the Cobra intro scenario. It's a waste of time. It doesn't... All it's showing you is how to do combat in the game. And the combat is probably the least interesting thing to do in the game. And in the Cobra scenario, it just bogs down. So playing one turn of the Cobra scenario takes solo about 30 to 40 minutes, which is too much. Uh, just dive right into the D-Day scenario. I'll say that. Um, even in general, combat can bog down a little bit, but that's 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 minor. So the things I do like, the support chits and the way they work, um, the way they work for the D-Day landings, with the allies being able to pick their tactics, um, the ally or the the Germans. Did I say that right? The allies get to pick their their support chits. They're the, doing a great job. The Germans are a little. <laughs> the, the Germans are random. You see what happens. Um, other things I like example of play which we've been hitting over and over again on this episode the example of play in Liberty Roads is excellent I suggest setting up the DA scenario just go step by step take the die rolls out of the example of play and just play it through it explains everything every question I had for combat for paratroopers landing everything is answered just following through the example of play um, other things I like is the Freer's approval track. Uh, it basically makes the Germans have to attack with at least one attack with two armored units every turn. If you don't do that, you're going to get hosed because Hitler gets pissed off. You're not doing what he wants you to do. You're just letting the allies walk over you. The Freer's track is awesome. Uh, there's something else I was going to mention... Were you going to mention how great Dave's review was? <clears throat> Dave's review was very good, very succinct, uninterrupted, which was wonderful. Um, <clears throat> everything, I don't know, it's one of those games that just everything in it just makes sense. Like, you're wondering about, okay, what the combat results, is this? I, I even started a thread on the guild. 
hoping to post lots of questions as I played the game. I had one question, and it was clearly stated in the rules what happened. I just wanted to make sure, and that's if you can't retreat, you're eliminated. Oh, that's what I wanted to mention. As the allies, if you don't make a good, strong landing, you're, you're, you're fucked. If, if you don't get a decent amount of troops in France early on in the game, you might as well hang it up. Um, also, this is something that a couple people on that same question thread mentioned. Dave has mentioned. Um, it's something we talked about. It's very crucial in this game to know when and when not to attack. If you make a stupid attack, your stack's going to get wiped out, and, and as the allies in this game, you can't afford to take any losses. As the Germans, it's, it's hard to take losses. Um, some of them are going to come back. You have troops that once they get released, they're going to be able to help out. As the allies, do not make stupid attacks in this game. Um, combat makes sense. It's very typical. Um, the, the support modifiers are brutal against... Uh, especially the Germans, the Allies get whole column shifts in their favor, which can just be devastating to the Germans. Um, I'm trying not to say um. I don't know. It's it's one of those games every Wargamer, I think, should own. Every Wargamer who likes World War II should own, should play Campbell. Um, it's <laughs> It's great. I mean, there's nothing in it that that I could look back and say, you know, I wish that wasn't, that wasn't how that is. There's, that being said, there's nothing innovative. It's not going to get a 10 from me. Um, it's, it's, it's not innovative. It just does everything that it does so well, so elegantly. And it, I think it models the landings really well. It models, uh, did, did you, did you like the fact that you're free to do what you want? to? You do? can do anything you want. You can land where you want. You could try Dieppe again. I mean, you can you can invade only from the Mediterranean if you were crazy enough to try that. Anything you want to try, you can. Weather is a factor, but it's so just simply taken care of. Just everything is elegant. Everything is smooth. The game just it's it's long. I will say that. That's that's probably my one other than it's not it's not crazy innovative. It's long. Um those are those are the two minuses against it. So I'm going to give it an eight fun and an eight beers. Um, it's not one that you could get hammered and play, but it is one that you can enjoy a couple drinks and play. Um, I think it is a game that it would be nice to play sessions of and play the whole thing out. I played three games of it this month. I played, well, four games of it this month. I played one Cobra scenario, which... Again, it's a waste of time. And then three D-Days. The first two, the Allies made stupid attacks. The Brits in the first game got completely wiped off the board on, like, turn three. Um, turn or Game three got a little bit longer, and game four got a, even a little bit longer from there. It's, it's one that I would consider, you know, making copies of all the counters, putting it on metal and just putting it up on my wall, playing with a buddy and keeping it and playing, you know, the whole campaign. Because it, it's it's long. It's going to take a couple sessions. Lots of fun. And f for me, for World War II game, for me to be so enthusiastic about playing it and 
evangelizing about it. Um, it's great. Dave and I played at Console World last year. Um, we didn't get to dive too much into it, but such a great game. You went to bed. I, I, had, <laughs> I, I did. I did. I had to go to sleep. How does it? Um, how does it feel as far as you know, like D-Day type landing games? I know you've played well, the in land, Omaha the, Beach. The, the landings are the best part. Yeah, it's it's not as in depth. The game kind of winds down a little bit after the landings. Yeah, the it's not as in depth as the the landings in D-Day to Omaha Beach, where you're landing individual units. Uh-huh. This you're landing divisions basically. Oh, okay. So it's it's a much higher scale, but it it feels the same. You're putting in tr- paratroopers, paratrooper support, and then bringing the landings in, and then following up th- those with a second wave. And you really have to be not precise, but you have to be careful about what you bring on when, um, and, and how many landings you do, where you land them, because you're not going to get to land again for a couple weeks. Um, it's I don't know it it handles it just just so well. It's it's not at that same level as D Day at Omaha Beach, um, but it how, how handles it just as, as well. As, how do you feel as far as like? Where you land makes all the difference. Is it like, are you, are you finding that like, landing in in one particular area is, is suicide? And exactly. Should, I mean, does it so, does it does it guide you and say, well, you know, this is obviously the the place to land, or does it really give you free reign? In in a way, so and I think it's based on German fortifications and terrain, but the the coast has colored terrain modifiers basically for the landing zones so if if you land in a red zone it's going to be pretty brutal some of the white zones you can land in almost unopposed but you can only land you know say three divisions with no air support so there's a fine balance in the game it 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 gives you the complete option to do whatever you want Um, but there are definitely areas of the map that it makes more sense to land in because you can have air support, you can land a lot more units. So you might take some some flak up front. The Germans might have more support to to negate some of your support or wipe out some of your units. But you can bring more on. So as long as you make a successful landing, you can you can have more troops there, you know, com- coming in. So it it there are restrictions, but it but it doesn't hold your hand in. The restrictions oh. that it's giving you are the same restrictions that the Allied planners have. Right, exactly. So Dieppe yes. is is an you option. Start, right, you start to realize, well, this is why they chose the Normandy beaches. Right. Yeah. They could have air support. The right. weather's okay right now. Let's get on. You know, the defenses aren't too bad. We can make it to, to a port pretty quickly, but it's not right on top of a port where we're getting slaughtered as we as we pull our boats up. See, I mean, that's kind of cool. You can play it safe and play it the way, you know, the way the planners did. Or you could say, well, fuck it, let's try mm-hmm. it. Let's, let's no, try to cool. invade Holland. Let's try to invade the, the, the Netherlands. And you could try it. Yeah, um, everything cool. I've read and, and heard from people at Constant World, it doesn't work, but you could try it. <laughs> right? Well, sometimes, sometimes it works. What, what is our, our buddy at Constant World? What's his name? Which one? The, the former, former infantry captain? Yes. I think he he liked our podcast recently. Did he? Very nice. Hmm. 
I'm I'm too far in to uh, to remember. But D- Dave and my buddy from from you, console. You know Road. you're too far gone when you don't recognize that I'm using the Sean Connery action. To be <laughs> I'm just talking. To you. <laughs> I'm not I'm not quite that far I, in. Should I do the entire podcast like this? I hope not. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you need to uh, you need to uh, watch some Westmoreland tapes and develop your Westmoreland act. Well, nice combo. You're only a mystery podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I can't suggest that. Sorry. I think this accent has run its course. Indeed. So Liberty Roads. For every one of our podcasts, we'll give them two of ours. <laughs> there you go. That's how we'll get our revenge. <laughs> <laughs> They, they make one podcast, we'll make two. We'll make a half. Are we off the rails yet? <laughs> we are. <laughs> no. All right, so that's it for me. Let's get back into it, buddy. All right, that's it. That's it for me. That's a good... That makes me want to play. Play it. Seriously. That's, that's I all I can say. I'm not going to get into the mechanics of the game. I prefer Dave's review. I do, too. It's more reasonable. Play the game. Dave's review was kind of like... This game's fucking awesome. Which Play it. It's very similar to Dave's Hazard, if you go. <laughs> <laughs> Just buy the game. Play the game. Yep. Yep. Okay. So it's seriously, funny. like, like seriously, guys, come on, let's get back to really podcasting. Okay. Because All right. We're loose. Let's let's shape it up. Let's straighten out. Tighten it up. Tightened up. Right. Did you want to do another one, Campbell? Oh, I can't. I can't. Okay, uh, that's fair enough. All, all I will say is uh, I, I dabbled a little in Navajo Wars. Oh, yeah, don't review that game anyway. It, I mean, it's all right. Yeah. Um, I felt, I felt, you know, that like... like Roads? Didn't we have that one, too? The same, sim- different, different? Which one? Is that the same company that did Adobe? No, 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 no. No, that's no this is this is GMT. Joel... I, mixed, I mixed up Liberty Roads and Adobe Walls <laughs> and yeah. a Navajo <laughs> I did Adobe Roads. <laughs> so this way, is it never worked. You can't make roads out of Adobe. No, it's a bad, bad idea. Um, you know, basically all I'll say is is I dabbled in it a bit. I read through the rules. I played a little bit. I I felt like it was real chart heavy. Like you, you make roll, mm-hmm. you make die rolls, and you have to kind of go to the charts. Um, and this and, is the G, this is a GMT game. Yeah, Mike it's Mike Berticelli developed it. Uh, Joel Toppin designed Joel it. Joel Toppin. So yep. Developed by Mark, Mark, Mike Bertman Jensen. <laughs> I, I will say, I will say, there's some pretty <laughs> decent videos. Joel does some pretty decent videos where he um, uses Vassal to show you the game. However, I did find that there was only like six videos, and he, he kind of goes through the the example of play that's in the book, and it and it's pretty cool, you know. Uh, but then it doesn't finish. There's only six videos, and, and it doesn't finish. Hmm. And so uh, I have him on, uh, Joel Toppin, on Twitter, and I tweeted him and asked him, uh, so what happens after video six? And he never responded. <laughs> I, you should ask Mike. He, he might he might tell Yeah, you. I probably should. But I, Mike's I kinda, responsive. What I did is after, you know, when there was no more videos, I just kind of uh, took it off. You know, I, I went through the example of play and read like any normal person would do instead of watching Ooh. videos and, and went through it. And, and, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a solid game, uh, but I, I just, after a while, like, 
constantly having to refer to charts just gets to me after a while. There's a theme here. You don't like charts. <laughs> no charts. Hey, hey, so what did you guys think of the White Elephant contest? That was awesome. I got Magic Realm. That is pretty, is that a but, cool game? That's like an adventuring type game. Right? Yeah, it's like a kind of RPG fantasy I didn't stuff. Know there was non-war games involved. Campbell, Campbell, did you do it? No. Oh, come on. You could have given Warfighter away. I was kind of a proponent of uh, doing new games, you know, like, because uh, originally Dave had mentioned, you know, hey, this is a good opportunity for you to well, buy a new game for someone and your wife won't get pissed off. Well, it's weird because it was kind of your suggestion, and then I think it's really cool that the duck... <laughs> that's what he Dave does. Duck. He takes a good idea and runs with it. No, that's cool. I'm glad it... I'm glad it uh, I mean, obviously it was popular because it had like 21 pages of... Uh, it was awesome. Yeah. It, was, it was a window into what the world would be like if the duck ran it. <laughs> Very mathematical. Anybody, yeah, I don't think anybody wants that. So, <laughs> basically we, were, we, were, we got to lean over and look into the abyss, and then we were pulled back to... It was very it. scary, yeah. Yeah, I got a I got a most dangerous time from Jason. from Jason. Which looked cool. I was Actually, that's one of the games I bought from Andy Cohen. So, oh, or cool. Cow, Cowan. 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 Yeah. Cowan. Uh, it was uh, it was that or Guns of Gettysburg. Hmm. And but that was sold by somebody from Candylandia. Mm. So I was not going to risk what that shipping was going to be. I didn't know. <laughs> so I went with you, and uh, I think it looks really cool. Yeah. It looks cool. I couldn't get it through. I'm not bright enough to get through that rule book. Well, I'm, I'm into, like, Japanese samurai stuff. I, yeah. I, I think I had the, I put, what's that book called? Uh, Taiko? It's sure. A fictional samurai book written. Huge novel. And uh, it kind of got me back into reading that. So I think it's very cool. So I'm interested. Cool. So. Yeah, I, I, I hope you play it. And I'm, I'm anticipating you talking about it. But yeah, it was ludicrous. The white elephant event itself. It was awesome. Halfway through it, I was like, I'm out. I didn't even want to participate anymore. Oh, that was awesome. D dudes were just hanging out heckling. It was pretty hilarious. That's my favorite part of the, the guild. <laughs> just Indeed. the jackassery. I, you know I thought it was a little unprofessional. But that's <laughs> Say you will what you will about the garbage, but to me, the garbage is what makes it. I know. That's why I'm here. Awesome. Oh, hey, uh, I do have one thing I wanted to do, too. I wanted to do the Lucas Brooks ASL Minute. Okay. And I don't know if we need to have an intro where, like, maybe, I don't know. Boom, boom, boom. Up, like, we'd have some 30s singers that would go, like, the ASL Minute by Lucas Brooks. I, <laughs> or, or how about this? I can just do this. Is, how about this? Here we go. This will be the ASL Minute, sponsored by Lucas Brooks. There you go. Santa Cruz. All right. All right, so uh, Lucas Brooks loves ASL, loves me talking about it, so I'm going to keep it to 60 seconds. And what I'm going to talk about is unit substitution. It's a really cool rule in ASL, and uh, what it reflects is the fact that there might be, like, uh, uh, small unit leaders that aren't represented by leaders on the map uh, that are instead included inside the actual squads in ASL. So what happens is if you fail a morale check by greater than your experience level rating number, which might be a two or a three or a one, um, you actually lower in quality. So your squad might go from an elite squad to a first-rate squad, or from a first-rate squad to a second-rate squad. 
And what this can mean is you might lose fire factors or smoke capability, but it really reflects the fact that uh, the guy who got shot or ran or was killed in that fire uh, might have been one of the more experienced guys who actually had maybe the smoke grenades or a good weapon that he knew how to use. So. And it's important to mention that some units are immune to uh, ELR substitution because they might be really good quality, like SS units, and instead they just break up the bad squads. So, Th thank you for that. I didn't understand a single word of that. It's it is the more you know. Boom, boom, like boom, boom, boom. The more you brought to you by Lucas Brooks. That was intense. Maybe I should read it all like Sean Connery. Okay. No. Nope. So, Dave. ASL, okay. I want to talk about ASL. Oh, before. Jesus Christ. Uh, I wanted to talk about requiring LOS checks because I think it's stupid. Stupid like doing things like abandoning concealment just to spare yourself an LOS check. You shouldn't do it. So, maybe you should let your opponent check LOS whenever he wants because who cares? Really? It's just a game. <laughs> and also, use the incremental fire table, because it, it's not as gamey as deciding to not fire your machine gun instead of firing the machine gun and the squad, just to make sure you're in a better fire table or column and you don't damage or break down the machine gun. So, to some kids, let your opponent take LOS checks, whatever you want, and use the incremental fire table. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, uh, I wanted to uh, uh, give a shout out to uh, I did my uh, combat commander first round tournament against uh, Tyler. Boring. Boring. No. Shush your mouth. <laughs> I want to hear this. Uh, did you beat so, Tyler? No, he hosed me bad. But we had a hell of a game. It was it was like a seesaw battle. Um, we had the, uh, uh, Lucas Brooks, the real American hero made an appearance. <laughs> it was, it was pretty awesome. I'm, um, I'm going to go get a beer, not in protest of this. That, that is just fine. <laughs> but I'm going to go get a few guys talking about Please. All right. Go ahead. Um, mainly I just wanted. I'm not, I'm not gone yet. Quite yet. <laughs> okay. Now I'm gone. Five, four, three, two, one. Five. No, it's gone off the rails. Go ahead. Mainly, I just want to say, you know, Tyler is a pretty awesome dude, and it was a lot of fun playing that game with him. And we kind of struggled through it. We both, uh, he's got a little more experience than I do. Um, we had all kinds of crazy shit happen in that game, and, and it just reinforces the fact that some people don't like the game because it's random. I really enjoyed the random shit that happened in that game. So Nice. I mean, we, had, we had anything from, I mean, I had several extra units that got added to the game um i had an actual uh, a mortar team added to the game which actually started to kick his ass for a while uh and then it just went i, I actually jammed the weapon up and it ended up being destroyed which was a sad moment um but it was i mean it was a ton of fun um i know jason you said you haven't really i've never played it. it nope i mean it's a fun game it is it's I have a buddy who has it, so I read the rules once, probably a year and a half ago, but we never, we never got around to it. And I have Rick local who I could sit down and he could, you know, be my Buddha. But oh uh, yeah, totally. Rick, Rick would, Rick would set you straight. Yeah. For sure. 
Oh, and, and we were someday. I was, actually, I was joking around with Tyler saying because uh, he he actually pulled Rick in the second round of the tournament. Oh Jesus! He's like, oh God, I'm gonna lose my ass. And uh, I, I was laughing. I'm like, I'm like, so here's what you do with Rick: just start asking him advice, <laughs> and then we'll take it easy on you. <laughs> whenever Rick gets on, he starts. He can't. He like can't keep his mouth shut. <laughs> I mean, no offense, Rick, but, uh, you know, he he's like, he gets so excited about the game, which is awesome. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and he just he's just like, well, uh, that's what I would have done. You know, he'll that's say awesome. that kind of, kind of stuff, which is cool. Because if Rick says, that's what I would have done, you're like, hell yeah. Good move, good I got, move. I got it right, you know. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. But it's funny. So I told Tyler, I'm like, yeah, just, just ask Rick. I go, this will be the most tight-lipped Rick will ever be. <laughs> Like during a session of Apple session, shut down. <laughs> well, so funny. yeah, it'll be it'll be pretty interesting. I I told uh, I told him Tyler, you know, let me know when you guys get on because it's gonna be like totally quiet because Rick won't. Say <laughs> I don't believe but, that uh, for a second. But yeah, it was. I mean, Tyler's a super cool stand-up guy. I mean, you know, like we always talk about, dudes in the guild are just end up being. Really cool guys. Good group. Good group of guys. Yep, for sure. Just awesome. My wife just yelled at me. She says the podcast is too long. It is. No (laughs) one's going to listen to this. We're at two and a half hours. Whatever. I I was like, yeah, that's what the listeners say, but who cares? Yeah, but fuck them. I'm like, you too? Yeah. I too, my wife. (laughs) I... One of my buddies, he stopped listening. He said, it's just too long. like, yeah, that's what everyone says, but... Fuck you. We're not we're not doing this for anyone listening. This is for the three of us. Can't you listen? Can't you just like listen in sections? Seriously. I don't, I don't get it. So Dave, we're on the cusp of a new year. What's what's 2005 2015 bringing <laughs> for you for AAC? All right, thanks. Do you want, do you want me to answer you in my voice or Okay. In in Dave's voice. All right. Uh, what do you mean? I don't even understand. I mean, just in general. What's what's 2015 what bringing bringing? Oh, I'm going to Constant World. Constant World. Hell yeah. I'm I'm doing Constant World. I'm doing Fall GMT West. And you're not doing any big game at Constant World, right? No. Just open gaming, right? Do, okay. I'm looking to do no, no retreat North Africa. Okay. Because I I really enjoyed that. I kind of busted that. I I played like the Crete game of of. Uh, of no retreat north africa there's like a crete mini game but i've never actually played like the full game and i think that's cool because it's kind of a light game uses a bunch of map boards but it's kind of small because as you move from map board to map board you actually swap out the map boards you know what i'm saying so there's mm-hmm. like a one foot by two foot map board but then when you go off the map board you just take that map board off for the new map board sure yep so so i'm i'm hoping to be able to play that because it's no retreats interesting in that it's light, but there's in gameplay, but there is a lot of complexity involved. It's not a short game, so it's maybe like you're going to do North Africa. It's going to be like seven eight hours. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do Battle of Lutzen, uh, Labatai, maybe like a a day game, the uh, meeting engagement using the Labatai system. I would also like to maybe play some ASL if somebody yeah, I'd love for Pete Gade, who I've been playing a ton of ASL with lately. Uh, was going to come down. I'd love to do like a, a Valor of the Guards uh, campaign game for ASL. That might be fun for a day or two. But I'm going to keep it like day at the most. 
Okay. I think that's fair. And I'm coming Wednesday, leaving Sunday morning? Is it Saturday? Saturday's the last day? Uh, I think it's open Sunday still, but it's more of a teardown day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to... I'm I'm if I can go this year I'm gonna stay. Yeah. 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 That that is the correct response. (laughs) But my wife gave me the the fifty fifty go ahead with I'm concerned about you drinking so late and then driving home. So safety. Which is safety all the way. Safety issue. You gotta pull that shit. Yeah. So two thousand fifteen for me is gonna be the the year of the Vietnam game. I'm gonna play what? and review all of my Vietnam games. No, but what are you gonna be gonna play the big one? I'm gonna play the big one at Consum World. And what, it, what, are you, what are you gonna play? I don't know. So I think Rex Skater said he might try to make it to Consum World and play that. I, obviously the campaign game's not gonna happen. That's like eight hundred hours or something like that. Right. Um but if we could get just even a smaller scenario in Lightwing Masher is great. Yeah, something like that. So um, maybe smaller than you want. I, I, what I would like of Vietnam, the v- the Victory Games game, is three days. I want three days out of that, and then five days open. Um, so if you go, you're going the whole time. I'm planning on going Sunday to Sunday. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That's, That's what you did last year, right, Dave? No, I came on Monday afternoon, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I want to do Sunday this tonight. I'm going to take that whole week off of work. Uh, Campbell just... and I are going to show up on Wednesday, probably around noon. And I think we're that's gonna, the right answer. We're going to look like we've been in a pressure cooker yep. for five hours. Completely sweated through. Yeah. And, and three days there, I think, gives you enough of the feel. I'm not going to do... I had heard so much about the auction and the last day and all that bullshit. That auction was such a waste of time. The free shit... I, I'm not going to try to get all that I stuff. Even, I don't even stick around for it. I, I tried for it. It's not worth my time. I'm not going to buy shit at the auction. Stuff that was on the flea market tables all week for $5 went for $25 at the auction. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to try to focus on, on gaming. I, I don't think there's anything really coming out this year that I'm really looking for as far as dealers are concerned or anything. Um, so I think next year I'm going to really focus on playing my backlog of games, maybe Amen, selling off, Amen. selling off some shit, playing some old you, shit. What about you, Campbell? What are your plans for 2015? Um, I, well, I, you know, I do, I do board gaming, I do Euro gaming and I do, uh, you know, war gaming and I also do actual computer gaming. Um, and I just have a backlog a mile long and I, I just... I need to stop spending money on shit. There you go. Start playing stuff. Yep. So that's like your New Year's resolution. That's my resolution: is stop buying shit. Start good playing. Luck, good luck with that. Okay. Yeah. Well, what kind of Euro games do you play? Um, anything. Okay. You name it, I play it. Uh, that's how I got started in the hobby. Yeah. I, Me I too. Never was. I never was a war gamer. You know, other than you know, like I said, the, the Axis and Allies type, that that kind of thing. So next I, year, Duel of Ages two. Yeah, you and me. There is a there is a vassal module. I don't know if it's worth a shit or not, but well, I mean, we'll we should definitely out. try it. Because um, the forum thing is cool, but it's very I mean, slow. It's, ti- it's time consuming. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely time consuming. Well, can't you get like a 
Lord Jesse to like do something if you don't like it can't he work on the module or I don't know I tried I commented when he asked uh, what games I, I commented Duel of Ages uh, but like I said it looks like there is a Duel of Ages 2 uh, Vassal module and I'm sure Jace and I will explore that well, at check some it point out. soon yep. So, like, uh, uh, some of, I mean, like we, uh, I've been playing Federation and Empire with mm -hmm. Ralph. Really fun. We've been enjoying that. And that's like an old game that I guess was a Star Trek game, maybe a strategic Star Trek game that we had way back that now has been upgraded a bunch of times. And, uh, but still we're able to use the new version on Vassal and play. So we're nah. Nice. I, I, I mean, as usual with my game with Ralph, I have a, a general understanding of what <laughs> And then he wipes the floor. Yeah, Ralph has basically, like, probably analyzed the rules completely. And... He pays too much attention. <laughs> yeah, because part of the problem is, like, I like playing with Ralph, so we like gaming with each other, but it's always tr hard for us to find a common game for us to play, because, like, you know, he played me in Liberty Roads, but I know he hates World War II, and, uh, I'm I'm not gonna play Federation Commando with them, so I think Federation Empire is kind of cool because we kind of found a common game that we can play together. So Pretty sure, cool. very nice. So Ralph and I are we're really enjoying ourselves playing some Federation Empire. Sweet. Yeah. Hey, did did any of you guys see? Uh, uh, Hello, Gregor. Uh, his son made a review. For a game, <laughs> yeah. Did, did, you get, did you see that? He, caves and caves and claws. I love that guy. <laughs> hello, uh, hello, Grayer is one of my favorite people on the internet. He, uh, I, I know. I, I get an email every time he puts a video up, and I, and I just get thrilled and watch it. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, his son review for a game, and I, I messaged him and I said. Hey, time to hang it up, dude. Your son's got skills. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to watch, do a do a search for uh, Caves and Claws review, and you'll be thrilled. Yes. I mean, if you have kids, you know, you'll be thrilled yeah. to watch it because it's entertaining as hell. <laughs> He's a funny guy. Yep. Yep. Cool. That's all I have. I'm done. Cool. And plus, my wife is in, in, is uh, insinuating that I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> I need I need to go eat. <laughs> I'm, well, that, that, I'm, that, I'm yeah. hungry. Campbell, you have anything you'd like to keep on with? Or are you good? Uh, the only other thing I would like to say is oh, that. Oh, for fuck's uh, sake! Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> See, you asked me. You asked me. Don't ask, Dave. Jesus Christ! Um, if you have iOS. Or a PC, uh, there is a game called Battle Academy that I've been playing with uh, Lucas, and uh, it's it's a great game. Have it's you been well playing it recently? Um, we have slowed down. We had a game going hot and heavy, and he's basically he ended up kicking my ass, and we're trying to like whittle through the last bit of turns so we can start a new one. But uh, not so much recently because a certain right. gentleman has. Uh, other obligations right um but i would say that uh if you like the uh squad based type combat that sort of thing and you have an ios or a pc battle academy is a great game that is tense and a lot of fun to play it's turn-based um awesome it's a lot of fun so check it out nice all right i'm done I'm done too. Cool.
All right, guys. All right, fellas. And this concludes the episode of 2014. That's it. Hopefully we'll be back in 2015. We'll see. We'll see. I really, I just really hope I get good reviews from my Sean Connery. <laughs> uh, I was a fan. I mean, if people like it, I'll keep it up. If not, I'm going to keep it up. So <laughs> It's a win-win. I'm interested to see no, what people a, think. It's a win-win. Those, you know, sometimes people give us feedback. Like, I like our Estonian feedback we got. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Garbage. A guy from across the country. <laughs> not across the, across country, the world. Can basically criticize what you do for free. It's garbage. Yeah. It is. It is garbage. We like it that way. Mm-hmm. So, cool. But yeah, keep it up because I do find oh. it entertaining. We do like criticism. It's, right. it's entertaining. Who's who's we Campbell? You're gonna be you're gonna be just another guild member in about. Two I know, years. I know. Hey, I'm, li- I'm living it up. I'm we're living it up right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I sincerely hope that everyone really enjoyed the product. So. Yep. And I have no idea because even when I think it sucks, everyone likes it. So when I think it's good, it's bad. When it's I think it's bad, it's good. I have no idea. So. It's always mediocre. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just throw it out there. Yeah. All right, guys. All right, guys. Good night. Have a good night. Visit us at http colon slash slash bardgamegeek.com slash guild slash one six six zero or contact us at advance after combat at gmail.com. Hey. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? I'm good. How's my sound? Good. I got a uh, headphone with a mic now. A headset with a little cord mic. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound as open. Yeah, that might be good, I think. And uh, also, I found that when I would listen, sometimes when I would turn away from the iPad, it would be hard to hear what I was saying because like, I'm like moving around. Mm-hmm. I, I think this might give some kind of consistent sound. Nice. Might have to invest in that, too. Well, do you, I don't know. You might not be me. I'm sitting back in a chair like a almost like a psychotherapy chair <laughs> laid back it's actually a, a, my wife's old uh, like breastfeeding chair oh nice which I'm, i won't even get into what kind of issues it meant that sometimes as i got up and moved around i wouldn't be facing the ipad sure well let's bring in the Mystery guest. Oops, wrong one. Yeah, we probably don't want to add my ex. I don't know how she got on there. That'd be. Or maybe. Or maybe. <laughs> you don't think she'd be good? Uh, probably not. No. Is your ex hot or no? Um, no. I mean, decent. Hello. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Jason, not not great. Like, I mean, I was obviously into her for a while, but were you, was she better when you were with her, and now she's gone downhill? Or? Um, no, she she stayed about the same. Campbell, we're talking about Jason's ex. <clears throat> she just had a baby and back back bounced back pretty quickly, so that was impressive. Yeah. Physically or mentally? Oh, uh, only physically. Uh. No, she's wacko. <laughs> Yeah. So, so now I understand the attraction. Yeah, and the divorce, because it, it was it was good, and then it was very bad.
Yeah, that was my first life. The, the crazy ones are always the best ones at certain activities. Yeah. Not necessarily the ones that you want to marry. Yeah, not the longevity. Yeah. <laughs> this is also the same first wife who uh, threw all my miniatures on the ground mm -hmm. or drove them over with a truck, so. <laughs> yeah. Crazy bitches. Mm -hmm. Were there tears streaming at that point? No, she called me. I was. She found out I was uh, shacked up with another gal. We'd separated, and then uh -huh. uh, she then uh, called me to say basically that someone had mysteriously broken into the house and driven over all my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so then I said, I was like, I was on my way to a party with this girl. This girl I was living with. So I'm like, oh well, maybe we should call the sheriff's department, get him out there to take a police report or something. And she's like, fuck you, fucking fucking asshole. So I'm like, okay, I guess that's not. Yeah. That's in. Ay, ay, ay. So, yeah, the, the, the uh, guy that broke in just mysteriously grabbed all your miniatures and ran all just, this? Just the miniatures. And all he wanted to do <laughs> is drive over them with a the truck. It was really weird. Awesome. Good learn. No kidding. Yeah, I, don't, I don't miss it. Uh, that was bad. All right. So, um, are we ready to get this? Going. I think so. Should we cut the chaff out? Chaff. The fluff. Campbell? This this part. Come on, Campbell's here. Just <laughs> <laughs> cut me, cut me loose, cut the clear. I don't think so. Should we? Should we? Or no, I'm good? I'm not going to. This is garbage time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Garbage time. It's it's super garbage time. So because we haven't even started yet, so it's not like. And, and you've already given away who the mystery guy is. <laughs> That's all right. Maybe you can add it on at the end. Okay, maybe maybe I'll start doing that again. Oh, will that, will that add, is it like a, a special uh, Easter egg you leave at the end of the thing? It's like your terrible music. Yeah. We like to call it a turd. <laughs> I was going to put your terrible music on this one. Oh, are you good? Then yeah. Then definitely good. <laughs> I'll credit it, too. What kind of terrible music? I can't even remember. I, do I downloaded it. It's an Easter egg. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess you'll know it. The, the music itself is not an Easter egg, so. I'm already semi-lit because I just sat through an entire bowl game, so we'll see. Yes. That, did, that didn't end well for you. No, fucking Anthony Boone. We'll get into that. Okay. Yeah. Are we ready to go? Uh, let me write down the time. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let me get my proper notes. That's why I stopped doing it, because I stopped taking notes. So, okay, we're good. Notes? Was I supposed to have notes? No, I uh, so you just ruined it. I no, I take notes during it, so when I need to cut out a break or cut out this part, I I, I uh, what what would you call? It? I don't know. I, I write down what time things happen. So you have to know when we stop talking. That's when you're going to mark it. Yeah. So Campbell, shut the fuck up so we can actually act. <laughs> I'm a little lit too, so you have to give me a break. As fun. long as you keep talking. <laughs> All right, I'm ready when you are. You gotta seriously start now. Get serious. Okay. All right. 